With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again is the Senior Editor and Commissioner Jude Seymour, along with the Chief Inspector, Brenda Mecklinden, and later special guest, Big Ten Country Enthusiast, Greg Fulman. Fellas, what do you guys know about the hot dog donut? What? I saw the pictures of it. Uh, looks like an abomination. Um, no one, no part of it. I think it looks splendid. I mean, it's just—it's basically just like a corn dog, right? Is it a hot dog shaped into, into a shape donut? Of a donut? Or donut shaped into a hot dog? There's a—it's almost like a corn dog donut. It's a donut with a hot dog in the middle. Which sounds amazing. Donut with the hot dog in the middle. But why? I don't know. Why not, Jude? Is the answer why not? I mean, in, well, if today ta- if t- if t- would you, today would, you, would teach you anything, slip? why not? <laughs> if you well, split like a glazed donut in half and use that as a bun for like a hamburger or something, I kind of want to try it. But this hot dog donut thing—you never had one of those? Uh, no, never had one gross. of those. No, I'm not a big. Oh, no. they're good. They're good. I'm going to tell you right now, they're good. Except they didn't split it. See, in I half. don't even like brioche yeah. buns. I had. Two glazed donuts with a with a quarter pounder with oh cheese, tomato, pickle, onion, uh, ketchup, and mustard in between two glazed donuts. I've had that and it's wonderful. I just hear I just hear in the back of my mind Wilford Brimley saying diabetes. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure when he first made those commercials, he was my age. 
Yeah, I don't think you're probably wrong, right? Uh, Yeah, I I don't even like brioche buns because I feel like when I eat like a burger, I need like a heartier bun. I need that sort of like sourdough. But don't you prefer a brioche for like a for like a French toast? Like when you make French um, toast, I like Cholula brioche. I use Cholula for my uh, the whatever the the knotted bread is, the egg bread for my. uh, Yeah, I would rather use a brioche. Yeah. What do you, what's your feelings on a pretzel bun? Oh, I love them because they're hearty. I mean, pretzel bun's my uh, my go-to standard. Yeah. Like, if I can get a pretzel bun, that's it. Pretzel bun's great, and um, and so is a beef on wax. Have you ever had a beef on wax? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like a Kaiser so too, or um, an onion. Like any anything that's like can once. Yeah, I think I think a Kaiser is like like supreme. Like a, a Kaiser could, bun is like supreme. If you could dip it in a juice, I'm there for it. Oh yeah. You know, I, I get a problem every once in a while. I'll go to Arby's and I'll get the the big Montana or the half pound, whatever you want to fucking call it now. But when I do it, every time I will ask for the Kaiser bun that goes to the, the bun will check. explode otherwise, right? Well, no, I just I want I want just a little bit extra. You know, I want something else. You know what I yeah. mean? I, you it's just only, can't have they only serve those with the beef and cheddars. But I've I, I ask for it every time, and I would say seventy five percent of the time. They remember to put <laughs> to do it, uh, and that is the that is the better version by far. Yeah, I, I mean, it should be an option, anyways. Like, you should, you should just, be like, able to have it your bullshit way. bun. Say, I don't hey. want the bullshit bun because, and I I was trying to str- I was struggling here with the right analogy. I didn't know if I wanted to say that the bullshit bun ended up like either falling apart like the Pac-12 conference or exploding like Notre <laughs> recruiting class. I didn't know which way I wanted to go. Uh, both are pretty awesome, but there's all sorts of different routes, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Much like this podcast yeah, we, tonight. Yeah. We have got, listen, with this, did I ask you guys yesterday or the day before about, Hey, let's pod Thursday night. Might've been Wednesday. Might've been Wednesday it was yesterday, morning, right? It was yesterday. The, yeah. uh, the, the Bria, the, uh, bun falling apart is. <laughs> so, and when I asked, it was like, Nah, we'll have, we'll have some recruiting stuff to talk about, obviously, with everything going on. Wasn't sure exactly what else we might discuss. And then Thursday happened, and we're going to get into what happened <laughs> on Thursday. But all of a sudden, it's just like the stars aligned, uh, and for once, it feels like we're actually doing a podcast on time rather than a day or two later uh, when big news breaks. So congrats to us uh, for Dumb luck. Hey, we did it. Uh, <laughs> congrats to Jim Delaney, uh, I guess. Uh, but uh, all right, so we're going to get the show on the road. Uh, first, guys, I got I got, uh, I got a review I want to get out of the way. You guys want to hear it? Always. Looking for those five-star reviews. If you get on over to Apple Podcast, please leave a rating. Please leave a review. Any review that you leave, I will read on the next OFT podcast and and there there's a special kind of review we're looking for. Brennan, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Yeah, I am looking for those, and I believe you are as well, those earned um Julian Love Jeremiah Wusukoromoa style five stars. Yeah, and obviously people are taking that. I might have to make t-shirts of OFT podcast t-shirts that just say like earned five star podcast. Uh or so I've, I've been kicking the, I've been kicking it around. 
think I think I might have to get those made. Uh, but got one here tonight. Got an earned one here tonight from Irish Nola Two. Five stars from the land of gumbo. Love all of the work you guys do, from the articles to the pod to the Twitter interactions. You keep me dialed into the happenings around indie football slash athletics. In addition, as someone who has been born and raised amongst a sea of purple and gold, this pod provides me with an escape to a more rational abode where statements such as Marcus Freeman could end up being an improvement to Brian Kelly aren't met with scrutiny from slightly intoxicated Cajuns that have watched two and a half Notre Dame games in the last decade. But I digress. Keep up the great work and keep rolling in these CJ Carr earned five-star reviews. Hey there. He did earn it. He did earn it. Uh, though, though, if you were to ask certain people on the Michigan beat for on three, uh, <laughs> while before they believed they earned it, now after further evaluation, uh, probably need to to drop them down a little bit. I think that, I mean, how is that guy able to be a professionally full time paid writer? I mean, honestly, uh, much like Johnny Depp in the the hit movie. Uh, is it uh, from hell where he's addicted to opium or is it? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a great. Movie, but his but his is uh, copium. He is uh, he is smoking uh, copious amounts of that copium trying to cope with the. Do you remember the whole reason he left the ND beat to join the Michigan beat is because he said the, the Michigan beat was uh, the Michigan recruiting beat was more entertaining than the Notre Dame one. You remember that? Yeah, it, it's, it's something about something about like. <laughs> I mean, I'd seriously, something about more big time, more or some big bullshit time. like that, yeah, yeah. and more big oh, time. That's well, it's going, it's going good. There is, if there has a been a general theme for Notre Dame recruiting in the 2023 and 2024 class, it has been that they have continuously beat the dog shit out of Michigan for all of these recruits. I mean, just about all of them have hold Michigan offers and most of them have been coerced uh, in one one way or another to visit Michigan and get pictures of uh, of themselves in (laughs) Michigan gear, uh, which I think they're starting to find out is a big no, no. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. They're they're starting to, who was it? um, It was Cam Williams, right? Cam, uh, Cam Williams is on to me. He's on to me. 2024 commit uh, just committed um, four-star wide receiver out of Chi-Town. Uh, Michigan fan his whole life, uh, might I add. <laughs> um, I saw a fantastic meme. I wish I thought of it, um, but it's the you. Have you seen the recruiting picture from Michigan where they have some nondescript? I don't think they're actual football players. I think they're just like the football model players because they got the visors. But they're one's holding a sign that says the best players in Michigan. And then the, the the other guy's holding a placard that also says, like, stay in Michigan. Somebody photoshopped it. So it still says the best players in Michigan. And then the other placard says, go to Notre Dame. <laughs> I, had to, I had to chuckle from that because it's true, right? It's absolutely true. I mean, it, it's, it, and it, it has been no – I mean, just no shit. That has been the straight-up theme uh, for 2023 and 2024, hands down. Um, so since our last podcast, Notre Dame has received commitments from uh, 2024 four-star uh, tight end Jack Larson, uh, the ginger, uh, and it, probably one of the most stellar Michigan photos uh, I could find, and mainly because they had 23 Jordan in maize and blue, which 
it's just the dumbest fucking thing I could ever imagine putting up in a wall. Uh, but, uh, at any rate, uh, <laughs> we also had four star 2024 wide receiver, Cam Williams. Uh, and he's sitting there posing with Jim Harbaugh. And again, like we said, Cam Williams is on to me. Uh, he knows, he knows the deal. Uh, so, and then, and then there's four star 2023 offensive lineman, Charles Jagusaw. And this man might be the smart, I guarantee his GPA is sitting at a four Oh. Because there wasn't a single pick of him in anything other than his high school gear and Notre Dame stuff to find. It just wasn't. It wasn't anything. I mean, I the streak was broken uh, by the man who will pr- likely become president of the United States one day once this country decides that they're going to stop being crazy. He uh, – I saw a tweet. I, I, I knew I uh... – I was looking at this earlier, but Pete Sampson put out the tweet today where he is the he is a higher ranked offensive line recruit than either uh, Ronnie Stanley or Quentin Nelson. I mean, this is he's the biggest offensive line recruit uh, on three's got him as the number one tackle, right? What about Jerry? Taylor? Yeah, it's a oh, no, well, Jerry Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of New Orleans, uh, look, Jack, you saw is a huge commit. It just feels. It feels like his commitment got hijacked today. <laughs> is all I'm saying. <laughs> it should be a, it should have been celebrated a lot more. This is a big time commitment. But I mean, Notre Dame fans, the, the program itself, they're they're used to getting the the higher end. Uh, you know, offensive line is not a problem. Even when you're not getting the higher end offensive line recruits, you know what you're getting. You're coaching them up. You're getting all Americans. Uh, but you know, the four star wide receiver Cam Williams, that that was a big big deal. Um, and you know we're gonna st- we're gonna we're in the middle of the blitz. Uh, if you're listening to this, by the time you listen to this, maybe four-star cornerback Mike Bell has already committed. Uh, it's there's just a a string of commitments on their way. I put it up on the site. It's just uh, it's gonna be awesome. It's, it's nice. The, the uh, problem, unfortunately, the problem with that though, July week. <laughs> the problem with that though is Josh. Is I have it on good authority from our good friend Greg Flamong that the uh, cornerbacks coach for Notre Dame is incapable of doing his job and recruiting <laughs> at any sensible level. If Greg was here, he would be able to defend himself, but he is not. Uh, Greg, have- Greg, have you, have you entered the chat? I am here. Um, <laughs> I am. Uh, I, I do not accept the slander. <laughs> Listen, I, I, the facts were spoken and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, look, we, we needed a, a raising of the game and we've gotten it. And so I'm happy to see it. Right. We need, we, we've seen it on the recruiting trail. Now we need to see it on the field. And I, and I think that's Amen. a fair, it's a fair, uh, request. It's a fair, um, ask from me and, uh, Notre Dame fans. So, um, but most importantly, I am no longer just Greg. I am the, uh, Big Ten uh, <laughs> West, Big Ten West, West correspondent, we, correspondent out here. We have um, some questions for you. We have we have any questions about Big Country Land? Have you ever eaten a Dilly Bar? That's my first question. I don't know what that is. Okay. Um, well, you're gonna have to learn. You're, you're gonna have to find out. Do you have any? What's your plans for the pumpkin patch in the apple orchard this fall? Now that you're a member of, uh, now that you live in Big Ten country. Well, hey, do you enjoy you. your apple cider hot or cold? Let me tell you, there's a there's a lot of uh, apple orchards out here that people you know you got to drive a bit, right? Like so, they're not out in Long Beach, but um, you got to drive 
of it. But yeah, the, the apple picking is kind of a, a thing. Um, especially when I was growing up, it was like my mom always wanted to do it. I'm like, like a Saturday or something, like fall. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I you mean, know, that is, but that's that is not really my bag. Yeah, that's so what no, the vibe's for. You know, it was funny. I was I was driving around and I saw some people. Um, I was picking up my kids after the big announcement, and I saw some people there planting uh, corn husks. You know, they, they were they were <laughs> yeah. they were plowing their uh, they were plowing, getting ready to to get the corn going. So I says, all right, you know, this is if this is what it has to be, it's what's gonna have to be. You're in preparation. You're in preparation mode. I like that. I like that. So I have an announcement so, before we go. Before oh, we go here. Oh, okay. okay. I'm something I'm very excited about, and I know Josh is. So Josh, you know that well, I've come out as pro burrito over tacos, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. That, that is a, that is a thing. But here's here's the thing that I've discovered is that burritos on a daily basis are tough, right? It's just tough. <laughs> what? And. Cause you eat, look, burrito, man, you get like that thousand calorie like meal. Thousand. It's just, it's, it's, just, it's, it's tough, right? It and, depends uh, on what you put in the burrito, Greg. That bad boy, uh, a minimum is like fifteen hundo. It, it, it's it, that is true, right? So, so the point that I'm making is, since the summer started, which was like a minute, I don't know, the second week in June. Um, eighty percent. June first. Eighty percent of my on this meals, podcast we recognize Jude first. Eighty percent of my meals have been tacos. All right, I've had wow. I had tacos tonight. I had I've had I've had steak tacos, chicken tacos, um, turkey tacos, uh, ground like ground turkey. I've had yeah. like how many tacos, tacos are you eating per breakfast? How many tacos are you eating per per sitting? Three or four. Yeah. Oh wow. It's a, whoa, it's, a, whoa, whoa. it's a healthy. Oh portion. no 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 no. How are three or four tacos, which, by the way, you're tripling your carb intake practically over what a burrito is. street no. tacos. No, 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 no. no. It's, it's, a, it's a street if taco. You take, if you take all the filling from from the three tacos, that is one burrito. What, sans one important distinction, and this is what sets the burrito over the top, it's the rice. Yeah, The burrito, the, rice the, 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 the rice but has – you don't have to have the rice. Well, but then what are you getting in a burrito? What? It's, it's in one package. Pack. I mean, it's one pack. I mean, sometimes it's just it's just the meat and the cheese and maybe a little bit of lettuce, uh, some sour cream. Well, then it's a close you know, taco. Some, some guac. You know, throwing some guac in there or, or some just just fucking some yeah, salsa. Yeah, I'm not I'm not doing all that. I'm not doing all that. That's I mean, what, too much. Whatever. It's, it's too much. Oh, I'm saying. The, I'm, three, not, I'm not making it. Three I'm tacos. Not. Your three tacos. What's filled in? What you're using to fill up with those? You just take all of that and put it and wrap it up in one tortilla <laughs> for a burrito. And you got your package delivery system. It's one. You're not. It, the calories are all the same. You cannot. I, you can't. You can't call me fat and call you skinny like that. <laughs> I'm not say, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, I, I, what I'm saying is, it's it's if I have a burrito at like every meal, that's gonna be like 3,500 calories, and I'm not putting that much in. I mean, it's just. It's well, how many science. calories are, are three tacos? Probably about eight hundred. Uh, yeah, probably like say eight hundred. Well, which is the same as a damn burrito. You just get burritos like calories because you're saying it's a burrito. It's yeah, a one. No. You take you take three. You take every. Oh my god. I'm not. I I am not math person. But if you take <laughs> the, the filling from three fucking tacos and throw that you're gonna eat and just throw it in one tortilla instead of the 
instead of the three mini tortillas or taco shells or whatever you're using for your as your taco, hard, soft, whatever the fuck, the one burrito tortilla, it's gonna be less calories because it's that less that's that fewer carbs. No. Gave you. <laughs> I'm just gonna say no, dog. <laughs> Look, I'm not slandering burritos, right? If if if, if it's a one for yes, one. You are. No, I'm not. What I'm you, saying you is fucking, you goddamn Judas. <laughs> what I'm saying Judas. is what I'm saying is tacos are more practical on a daily basis. For a one meal, no. if you're at, if you're offering me one meal, what do you listen, want me to get? Greg, if I'm not you, gonna get listen, tacos no, no, no. at like a restaurant, I'm gonna about, get a burrito. You want to talk about being practical? You want to talk about being practical? How the fuck are you eating a taco while you're jogging? Can you eat a burrito <laughs> while you're jogging? Yes. <laughs> talk about practicality. Um, you know how you can if it's a walking taco. Yeah, it's a walking taco. It's literally made for that. But then you need a fork. Maybe you stab yourself in the fucking what? eye. Are you, no, walking because taco you're, Because you're running down a hill, checking out a fucking a former player for USC. Well, yeah. We'll, carry Colbert. That is a true got, story. And you did, yeah. You, you got, got a fork running down a hill. <laughs> Former USC players' wives do hit on Greg as he's jogging up a hill. That is true. Okay. That, is, <laughs> that is that is not for, what happened. Former Big Ten stars' wives. Oh yeah, former Big Ten star. That's right, former Big Ten. No, he he was quite pleasant too. He was a very nice person. You know what? We're just gonna go ahead and just like we're we're moving way past the recruiting talk. Yay us. Yay us. We're past it. Because I'm sure we'll bring up some of it, but let's just get, let's get to right to the fucking meat of the burrito. Like the three <laughs> tacos the meat inside of a burrito here. USC and UCLA. This is not, this is not bullshit. This is not guessing. This is not speculation. USC and UCLA are joining the big 10 big 10 voted tonight unanimously uh, to bring them in. They were approached by USC and UCLA in 2024, uh, in 2024, uh, for the 2024, 2025, uh, academic year. This is happening. This is fucking happening. It's like um, the official account tweeted it out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The official US, yeah. yeah they're, well, the official, wait, what was the source on that, Greg? I, you know, I was waiting for Thamel, but I guess people are just going to run with USC announcing it. I don't wow. know. The USC's uh, PR machine could be trusted for USC. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I got, I'm waiting for confirmation. The Pac-12 conference also put out a. Um, uh, We're still sad. I'm sad still standing. Letter. I'm still strong. Yeah, it was it was very sad. We're still a very strong conference. No, you're not. Yes, fuck. No, you lost the only just market. Lost the fucking Los Angeles market, the biggest media market in your entire conference, by like a factor of ten. You just lost. Enjoy, enjoy the the San Francisco market, which is you know I, I'm sure they're just beating down the door to see Stanford games. Congratulations, boys and girls. <laughs> all all sixty all six hundred thousand people that live in the Eugene, Oregon area are, are <laughs> really going to help bring the <laughs> to help renegotiate. Did the, well, I saw the Pac-12 this morning. They were all excited because they're going to like renegotiate the contract and there was a lot of optimism for it. And then I just I, I see all that coming down this morning. And, and when when the news broke, all I could think was like the Pac-12 was completely blindsided by this. 
Yeah. This was like Brian yeah. Kelly leaving for LSU level of blindside. Well, this is like Bullsby not realizing Texas and OU would bolt to the SEC, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I'll, I'll say this because be, be, they were before in the contract new- negotiations for the TV contract. Yeah. Before the news broke this morning or today or whatever, uh, by what's his, I, I don't even know, the, I can't even remember the guy's name. I put it up on the John site. John Wilner. Yeah. John Wilner. Before he broke that news, uh, uh, no cap was over on Irish Illustrated on their message board. And someone early in the morning had said, my sister knows somebody, blah, blah, blah. USC and UCLA are looking to join the Big Ten. And it was fully dismissed by the first few people. I mean, it does sound crazy. It's a whole bunch of, like, yeah, nice source, bro. And then it it, it wasn't long. They were going to join the Big 12, right? Yeah. And then Wilner dropped that tweet, and then it just took off. And it just, dude, today was a steamrolling effect of, like, this is like 2010 on roids. Yeah. uh, Conference realignment style, you know, action. Because this wasn't a, like, maybe by tomorrow. This was like, this shit happened in real time in less than 12 hours. The Wilner tweet was at 1.23 p.m. What time was the Brady Quinn eyeballs tweet? Because that's the one that set it off for me. (laughs) We thought he was talking about Notre Dame recruiting, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it just – it went through like what? Within five, six hours, it was a done deal after that tweet? And I guess the only reason it went so fast was um, supposedly there was a uh, Big Ten athletic director or a Big Ten president who uh, loose lips, had a few – couple of pops or something – had some loose lips and was telling everybody last night. So this was this was something that like people were starting to get clued on last night and into the morning. So Brady Quinn's tweet was at twelve fifteen, but then he immediately followed up with uh, pictures from the Abs Stanley Cup uh, presentation. Mm. Like he was attending the parade, maybe. Well, downtown. I mean, that is I think yeah, I think he was eyeballing like recruiting. Yeah. I mean, what would he be eyeballing recruiting for? I mean, because because this they're going to be the, well, the Big Ten's he, the Fox Conference. He, he threaded the eyes tweet with the the pictures from the abs parade, and I was like, um, okay, so all good. His so, his follow up was much better. Can confirm Matt Leiner does not like cheese curds. Should be interesting. And it's not, I imagine, because Matt Leiner is fucking uninteresting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> completely. So let's uh, I'm, I'm, let's talk about the effects kinda, this has on another. Um, yeah, well, lacrosse. I mean, let's, because that, let's, Southern let's, California is the best women's lacrosse team in the Pac-12. I'm just saying. You want to yeah, talk about that? I mean, this is going to have a huge effect on Big Ten baseball. I mean, do they just go and camp out for the first month of the season in L.A.? I mean, I would. Uh, here, here's my question. Big twelve, Big Ten track and field is trash. Greg, what is this going to do for the LA market and track and field? Uh, yeah, I mean USC, they have one of the best track programs in the country, so um, it's actually like probably bad for them. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's Just because, great. like, you, I mean, you, like, so the Big Ten championship. I mean, first of all, they'll probably hold it in. LA in LA all the time because not just USC has a good uh, facility, but so does UCLA. Um, but I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Can they really do that? I kind of, I kind of want like, ten, to see Big Ten championship in LA. I just, I, I never. SoFi Stadium. Yeah. 
they're not even going to put it in the Rose Bowl. They could have put it in the Rose Bowl just to like slap the nuts on the Pac-12 space, <laughs> which they should have done. They should have put the Big Ten title game in the Rose Bowl, uh, but they're going to do SoFi, right? Uh, you would think so. I mean, that why why you why do you build SoFi for this specific purpose? You know, so I don't know. It's it's uh it's a weird thing. I mean, honestly, like I. I, I think it's like my my thought is like it makes sense for USC because it, obviously they were very like the talk out here is like everyone hates the Pac-12 like hates it and you guys have you guys have talked about it a bunch too right so like no oh, one absolutely. likes it um, but at the same time like so like they need to get in with the Big Ten because the Big Ten has a ton of pull with the playoffs and everything like like that is the money. And, oh, 80 million dollars. Right, million right. Dollars. Of course, the money aspect of it too. So, like, there's multiple, there's multiple levers being pulled towards this. Um, but practically, it's just such a weird thing. And like, just like thinking about it football-wise, right? Like, we talk all the time about how USC is. Oh, they always have these receivers, and they always have the running backs and the quarterbacks, but like their lines are terrible, and. It's like it's it's one thing to be doing it like you're getting slapped around by like Utah and and, you know, some of these other schools that just have like standard good lines. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, like everyone in the Big Ten has a pretty good line. Like that's the whole point of the Big Ten. It's like that's what they do all the time. Like there's a reason that every time they play Iowa in a bowl game, they get slapped. I would just sign the highest ranked recruit they've ever had and the number one offensive lineman in the 2023 class, right? Yeah, Caden Proctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like that that's like that's what Iowa's doing. That's what Nebraska does. The the, the reason it doesn't have like pay big dividends for Nebraska and Iowa and like Minnesota and Northwestern all the time is because every school is like that. So then it goes it, it you know, then it gravitates towards like the um you know, the Ohio States where it's like they have good lines too, like not good for like recently Ohio State hasn't right. been good for what Ohio State is. But compared to like USC, I mean, we're talking like Remington Award winners like all the time. Right. So football wise, it's it's not a great fit. So that's what I'm, I'm kind of interested in. Um, practically, it makes a ton of sense for the school. Um, but, yeah, it's it's, my, it's totally my only- different. My only regret is that Keontae Ingram has moved on to the Arizona Cardinals in the National Football League, and he won't. Minneapolis. He say what? It's gonna be helpful. I, so, I, mean, I think gonna, they're gonna have to. So the Big Ten it going to sixteen. They're going to have to go to the AC the ACC three three five scheduling model, right? I mean, it's the pod? A, not the pod, but where you have three protected and then you have the three or. You, uh, <laughs> so who do you protect for UCLA? Well, you well, USC and UCLA will each have a protect one protected game against one another. Right. Sure. And then, of course. So each one has like two teams that they're going to have protected. So I would yeah. imagine USC would have somebody like, I don't know. Ohio State. Ohio State, maybe. <laughs> And who's Rutgers. the third? Rutgers, coast to coast. Rutgers. Coast need, to coast. Need coast that to Rutgers coast. game. <laughs> um, Greg, who does uh, who does who what 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 would be the most uh, hilariously absurd thing for? <laughs> no, well, yeah, 
Well, Iowa would be great because then they'd play two teams in a year that wear the exact same uniform. Because <laughs> right, Iowa State, USC, I, I, I want them to protect UCLA, Purdue at all costs. <laughs> uh, this is just, I mean, this is. Okay. I mean that the Northwestern USC battles are just going to be that, that's going to be shades of like Florida State, Miami in the early 2000s, late 90s. <laughs> Look, I mean, I think I'd like to talk about what this means maybe for Notre Dame. Um, you know, oh, we're getting there. We're getting one there. The, one of the things I think, bring up the Rittenberg. One of the things that I that I wonder about is that the Pac-12 was willing to let USC have its have its deal with Notre Dame, where you know Notre Dame came to Los Angeles and Thanksgiving weekend and played. Um, you know, will the Big Ten honor that as well, or is there going to be so? Here's my here's my thoughts on anything. I believe right now the big 10 will play as much hardball as they fucking possibly can that has anything to do with Notre Dame to try to squeeze them into making a decision that they think that Notre Dame ne- needs to make. You know what I mean? I don't think there's going to be any, they're not going to be bowing down on any kind of scheduling stuff with Notre Dame because they're just, they're going to posture up. They're going to post up. And but I mean, I would expect, I mean, I mean, don't you think that USC m- might've made that part of their discussions that they wanted to protect that rivalry? No. You don't believe no. so? I saw a tweet oh, that, no. that said it was, ha- that, that it was protected. Yeah. Well, I, I would I'd be very surprised if USC didn't want no, this just as bad as you, as Notre Dame. Let me find it. I uh, look, this, I just, I, I have a hard time. Good. I have a, the rivalry is good for for USC too. I mean, they're just right, but I, but Iowa and Ohio State don't give a fuck, and neither does Penn State. Or but Michigan. they do give, but they do give a fuck about USC being in the Big Ten, and if that right. was a prerequisite for I, them joining the Big but, Ten, but, then. But honestly, if, if USC is making this move, do you think that that it was a that was a a stopper? Yes. I, I don't I think it was a stopper. I, I, I think they are able to call, their, call some shots. Not this day and age. I believe they're able to call some shots. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you're bringing the LA market to the table, I think as much as LA sports fans are pretty apathetic if your team's not winning, Listen, um, I think you're able to say something to make it look like money isn't everything. And so to say they protect a rivalry would show that. I think you could definitely say that and put off that vibe. I just don't think they give a fuck and that all of this is predicated upon money and positioning in the future. And you could, sure, you could throw the Notre Dame rivalry in there, but that ha- I don't think that was a basis of anything. I think, you know, in the Big Ten, maybe they were just like, yeah, sure, you know, whatever you say, cool, whatever. But I just, I don't think it would ever would have been a bit of a abort button stop if they said, no, you know, this is still going to be the thing. I, I just, I don't care what's coming out. I'm, I'm, just just the, I, I, I'm just re- reading the reporting from UHND.com. I don't know if it's a reputable uh, website, <laughs> but uh, they, they picked up a tweet from uh, Arash, Mar- Arash Markazi. Markazi says, USC plans to continue its annual tradition of playing Notre Dame. The storied football rivalry began in 1926 and will continue with USC in the Big Ten. A lot will obviously change with USC leaving the Pac-12, but the Trojans will still play UCLA and Notre Dame every season. So. <laughs> So you well, they yeah. said they no 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 no. The wording was they still plan on playing. I get I still plan on paying my mortgage. But if I no no, job, it, it doesn't say plan. It says it says this, the Trojans will still play UCLA and Notre Dame every season. But what was the first sentence? The, the first sentence. USC the first plans sentence to is plans to yeah. 
Right, but the last sentence is much yeah, more plans definitive. Do. Plans do. <laughs> plans. But this isn't like me planning to have a date with Heidi Klum. Like I feel like this is this is pretty sick. <laughs> this is more, this is more that ancient that ancient ass gray haired Heidi Klum. I'm not talking about her. What I'm saying is Samantha. Dude, you gotta just, you gotta look at some the words. People put words out in the universe. Klum, it doesn't right? necessarily mean that's what it means. Boy, I, I mean, you, I, I I mean to look so, like you're not a so money grab is like, a good thing. They're gonna have, play. They're gonna have, play. You have zero. You have zero people saying what you're saying out in the press, and I have. I have reputable yeah. people saying what I'm saying. You know what? I don't know why you're going so hard. The Big Ten is not going to tell them that they're. They're not going to go to a 12 game conference only schedule. So so Notre Dame is going to be on there. Uh, no, yeah, well, I mean, they're not going to go to a nine I game. Think, I think you got a better but, argument. Yeah, if they go to a nine game, they still have three I games. I think you got a better play. argument saying it's You're not going to be in the, fi- the final weekend of the season. I just don't like, think it was that big of a definitely I just play, don't think though. it was that much of a discussion. I just don't think it was that much of a discussion. But if I'm USC, I could definitely make it part of the discussion to make it look like I wasn't just an absolute money grab. Which Whether they did. I do. Right. But if they, I do I'm not love, say that it, they, that it actually had it was going to be a stopper is what I'm saying. I do love, by the way. I can say um, anything. Greg can, can like, sort of attest this too. I think salary is important. I, I think eating salary every day is important. I do eat salary every I day. I plan on eating um, salary every day. Uh, but I will say this. I love the fact that the I entire narrative. I consumption. I, I, I listened to a lot of radio, uh, serious radio today. Wait, read all of the tweets. Drive time radio. Think about this. Um, they're just excited about the recruiting class. They got a running back. They don't care. Uh, no, they got a lot of four stars. They're, they're actually doing pretty well. Oh, oh no, they still care about what happens to Notre Dame. Um, I am. I, I I do chuckle about this entire thing because the only thing that we've talked about in this entire operation, and not only because it's just the Notre Dame ties, but because it's U, USC, is UCLA. The fat chick that the hot girl brings to a party, or is UCLA the little brother that the kid brings to his friend's house? Because UCLA has been – they're just like tagged on, but no, but no one cares. I don't even think UCLA cares mm. about UCLA. There, no, 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 no. There, there, there's another analogy here. It is, it is, it is what's-her-face from She's All That. That's UCLA. UCLA is about to take off their glasses and the, and the ponytail. <laughs> Uh, you know what's funny, Josh? Realize that you the hot chick was hot. Josh, you know what's funny? I was. Are you calling thinking, UCLA Julia Stiles? I was thinking that exact thing. <laughs> like literally the same yeah. girl from the there same movie. Go. That's what I was thinking. That's UCLA, man. Just take off the glasses and she's hot. Like it's it's because UCLA. And now, it, everyone thinks like like you go to UCLA, like you come out here and you go to UCLA and you walk around that campus, you will say to yourself, why? Why aren't they like a bigger thing? Well, I don't understand. Like they are in Bel Air. They are in, you know, West Georgia Tech, Pacific Palisades. Yeah. Like, like it is, they they are surrounded by luxury and, and uh, money and like they are closer to Hollywood than USC is. Better color scheme too. Better everything. Like seriously, their campus is fantastic. It's it's a good you get a great education there, um, so it's it's you just don't understand like why can't you get your act together? And the UC, UC part is big, right? The fact that 
it's not a private school. It's funded by it's you know state money and that sort of thing, and and that's very limiting for them, and it always has been. What's that? Oh no, I think. Oh okay. Um, I'm having a ton of computer problems. <laughs> oh okay. So um so yeah so so they are the, it's like. Why aren't they a bigger thing? They play at the Rose Bowl. Like the Rose Bowl is like everyone's favorite place in the world. Like anytime there's a there's a Rose Bowl game, you know, at, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful, the San Gabriel Mountains and all this other stuff. Five PM five PM Eastern time, uh on on January first is supposedly the most magical, magical experience that you can yeah. experience, have in your yeah. life, right? Ever. And, and look, it's great. It's protected. Right? Like, it, in, in, in truth, it is it is very nice. Like it's it's awesome. Like I I had a chance to um, go down and you know 1998. I, I was I was able to go on the field and that grass is perfect. It is perfect. It's like a carpet. You can sleep on it. It is just it is amazing, right? It is so much better than than the Coliseum, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't have the juice. And and I do wonder because if because it's wearing bibs and has it got a ponytail. Right, right. I do wonder if moving to the Big Ten is going to, like, you know, if they ever get, like, the thing with Chip Kelly is, like, he doesn't want to recruit. Like, it's the weirdest thing. But, um, it's like glow up? Ever, Are you saying it's a glow up, Greg? I it need could to, be. It I could need be. to know how well, competitive. Let me ask Greg. What? I don't need to, need to know how competitive the Big Ten water polo scene is because <laughs> UCLA is apparently really dominant in men's water polo. They're good. This, They're good. this could be a situation sort of like Twenty One Jump Street, the remake of it. <laughs> or Jonah Hill, where they go back to college, and Channing Tatum was like, one strapping it, and that's not the cool thing anymore. They go back. Right, they're going back to so school, here, and he's not cool anymore. Now it's uh, now it's Jonah Hill who's the cool one. Here, here's the thing: the the biggest winner in all of this is UCLA, because Greg, let, let, let me just put this forward to you right now. <clears throat> Probably the best recruiting machine in the Pac-12 right now over the over the last six seven years has been Oregon. Right, yeah. overall the best recruiting has been Oregon, recruiting developing the whole nine. Is any should anyone give a fuck about Oregon now? No, like it's specifically not. like like Dante more like so why why wouldn't UCLA be the benefactor of of this move? Like what would be what would make Oregon now you know now with this move a much more enticing place to play than in Pasadena? Well, Oregon, Washington, uh Stanford. I mean, any Tennessee. Yeah, like Stanford's really in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why would you? Why would you? Why would you go any? Like, you could go to UCLA, and you could live in, you know, Westwood. You play in the Rose Bowl, and when you're not playing in the Rose Bowl, now you get to go to. You're playing Michigan, and you're playing Nebraska, and you're. I mean, look, these are names, right? Like UCLA. They they are competitive against like real schools. Like they beat LSU last year. Right. I mean, it's not Route like, 60. and look, obviously LSU was down in a funny game time. in a really funny game. Route 66 part one and route 66 part two against Texas. Right. Yeah. So, you know, route it's, 66. uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's, I'm telling you they're there. They have, they have a much like, there is so much more room for growth for them than it is for USC. Right. Like, yeah. And look, they, and, and they have, they, they are, they're they're better in terms of like their line play has been a lot better. 
their 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 defense is a little spotty. That's true. But you know, hmm. you, you get you, you, you can attract more coaches now. Like it's just there's a lot more. Well, so there's, um, there's a lot well, more now for them. The move also proves something that UCLA hasn't proven to anybody else to anybody over the last 20 years. And that's like a commitment to fucking a commitment to win. Like UCLA hasn't shown like a true commitment to win over the last 20 years. They're just there. And this move, whether, whether or not it was intentional or not has a proof that look, they're, they're there to win football games and to play with big boys. Like, all right, USC, let's go, let's go to, Let's go to this mega conference. Let's go do this mega conference thing that makes almost no sense, but is going to hype our profile up and help us out so we can start winning some more. Like, I think this is just a absolutely giant move for UCLA and a strange one for USC. USC, I guess, in my opinion, USC doesn't didn't need this at all. They could they have been the camped money. out in the pack, but the money there. I mean, th- that's, you know. But I think it's. See, I think I mean, I've seen figures it's, where it's it's almost eighty. It's like somewhere between sixty, 80, eighty-five million, million or something like that. Yeah, more than the, what they were going to make in the pack pack twelve. <laughs> so yeah, money's always good. But I mean, so, a standpoint of of where you're sitting at, USC just because of stature and all that stuff, they can go out and win 10, 11 games, or you know, eleven games and be in the the college football playoff race because it's it's fucking USC. It's not Utah. You know what I mean? So when Texas and OU moved to the SEC, I didn't think of it as that meme where the guy hits the one domino and then all of a sudden the huge domino falls at the end. Oh yeah. But like, mm. but now I'm starting to wonder if maybe Notre Dame's independence is the domino at the end of this. What do you guys think? Yes. <sighs> yeah, I think Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame's ultimately going to decide if this is going to be a two conference sport or if it's going to continue being. Sort of a conglomeration. I mean, of, they, uh, they definitely don't need to make first move here. They definitely can sit back and watch how things are playing out because I think they're also interested in whether or not students are going to be classified as or football players are going to be classified as employees. Right. So that's that's another thing to take into consideration. But, um, you know, people start finding dance partners and, and, you know, consolidating the power five into, you know, two giant super conferences or something. Then this suddenly becomes a different calculus in terms of independence if notre dame jumps to a conference then it's over right if if notre dame decides to cast their die it that's what heralds the apocalypse of college football as we know it if notre dame I decides just, to i think they'll, shoot, i'll think they'll move last not move next i oh, think yeah, that they sure. would be the harbinger of, de- of destruction mm, jude i agree with you but i think that it's a little more complicated where I think they move first. I think they know. I think they're going to know exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then do, you know, I, mean? I, I agree with you. I think that's the last move, but they're already going to know that move like five moves before that. I definitely don't think they're going to get, I guess I'm, I'm not worried that they're going to get outmaneuvered. I just, you know, enforced into a position, but well, I if they're not going to get outmaneuvered, then they're going to go first. So let's say, let me get a straw poll here. I mean, Honestly, so let, let's just say, and I'm not even sure which scenario is actually going to come about or which one's a legit, but let's just say somehow, some way, basically Notre Dame is kind of, they're, they're, they're making the, they're going to, they're going to join a conference. They've made that decision. Like, like th- this is just going to be what we're going to do. They're going to the big 10, right? 
they're going to make they're going to pick up the phone and make a phone and make that call. They're not they're not going to sink back in the ACC, which is still pretty, you know, I mean, they're they're vulnerable, right? If if Notre Dame is Julian, Notre Dame is Notre Dame mega conference moves. Florida Notre State, Dame, Miami, Notre Dame Clemson, has its own gravitational pull. So yeah. it's possible that if if they move next, they could be part of whatever the ACC is building with somebody else, though, right? Could be, yeah. But I guess that's why that's why I asked the question. Like, I, I get I, the whole thing about the the Big Ten. You know, it makes sense because all the people that they play that they like to play well, are in, and now in the Big Ten. But for me, um, it's not that. It's just more about the power the power play and the money. When, as the ACC is vulnerable, but Notre Dame has never with, chased that Even money. if Notre Dame backs no. up, even if Notre, never, Dame, backs, Notre Dame doesn't want to be. See, see, here's the thing: is the the Big Ten in this case would be Heath Ledger, and Notre Dame would be Julius Stiles, and um, they need to they need to woo a a something that doesn't want to be wooed, right? So this is a you're talking about the modern day version of Tammy Nashrew. Tammy modern modern. Uh, yeah, a modern modern. A modern. I just, modern. Jude. I guess all I'm saying is like, if Notre Dame, all right. So they do what they do. The thing that we've been saying for the last couple of years. If they join a conference, it's going to be the ACC. But that doesn't necessarily like Miami, Clemson, Florida State. They may just say, you know what? That's cool that Notre Dame finally decided to join us. But the SEC just called us, and right. That seems to be the power move to be in the Big Two. With the Big Ten, and I, the totally, I totally understand. I, I think Notre Dame doesn't go alone. I think Notre Dame knows which dominoes are going to fall if it comes, right? And so, but, I mean, who who else not, would go to the ACC though? I mean, nobody's going to the is, ACC. Is, the ACC is a dead is geographic regions just complete. Like we're talking yes. like Oregon to the ACC. No, the ACC is a dead conference. <laughs> like there's there's no viability that meet that contract of. Um, uh, media contract that the ACC has that signed their demise when they signed it because you can't get from out from underneath it unless you had enough pieces come over to the ACC to renegotiate it. But nobody's I mean, nobody, if you're Clemson, why are you going to stick around? I mean, you're going to go join with South Carolina and the SEC if they call. Right. You're going to pick up that call. And if you're Florida State and you're Miami, you're just waiting for the SEC to pick up the phone and, and to call you so you can join with Florida and South Carolina. I guess Carolina that's my point. Like, that's why the that's why the ACC is so like out of bounds for Notre Dame to head that way, because I just it's just no matter like say they get or say the ACC in some weird way gets fucking Oregon or an Oregon State to come aboard. Or what, like that's it's still not going to survive no. as like if Clemson, if Clemson and Florida state are jumping ship. And I don't even know. I mean, does the SEC, does the SEC even want to add? I mean, who wants to do what? I mean, it just seems like a lot of this shit is just so up in the air and it's like, well, if we add, it's just math I and mean, it's all this fucking, and I hate math, but that's all it is. It's like, well, if they join, then there's this, here's these contracts and what they're worth. And you divvy it out to this many schools. Is it more money? I mean, I also don't. I also don't feel like this is over for the for the Big Ten, right? Which is like USC and UCLA are the are the big gets, but they also have gravitational pull, which is that that schools that are geographically located between Los Angeles and Iowa are now going to be more interested in joining the Big Ten, right? Yeah, and the of Big course, Ten could be more interested in them. Why would the Big Ten be interested in them though? 
Like, Listen, why would the Big Ten be interested in splitting the pie further? They got the LA market. They got the they got the coup, right? They got the LA market. So why, if you're the Big Ten and you have 16 schools and well, you're splitting 100 million, 100 billion dollars? I hear you, Brian. I think that's I think that's fair. But I also wonder about the everyone coming out with a statement today saying that they're sensitive to the to the travel requirements for all the sports. Right? It's not just about football. It's about all the athletic sports and not all. No, it's take not. They don't, give a fu- they don't give a fuck about that. Like I, I kind of was. Well, that, about oh, I believe USC the, the and UCLA give a fuck about it. Why so. do they care? They the water polo team does. They just got eighty million dollars. They can they can afford to fly into China every off season for all they care. Right, but they're they don't give but they're fuck. but they're talking about the unpaid uh, not employees being forced to travel. Yeah, and miss class it's, like a it's lot. not it's not a great look. No, it's, it's not, a not, great not a great look. But they just got eighty million dollars. They already if have. Just, a, if you make your women's he, soccer team go to Rutgers on a Thursday night, that's just not a great look. Listen, June, Ooh, have you looked sucks. at the geographic footprint of the AAC? <laughs> Have you looked at the geographic footprint of the AAC? That is a middling mid-tier group of five school that had teams from Florida to California. Like, it yeah, did, you got a point. Who gives a that's fuck not about, about – That's not a bad point. Nobody gives a fuck about geographic footprint. It's not 1984. We have affordable – like, I mean, well, sort of. But we have affordable flights, and it's, it's so not really – I, I guess – Where's that, that super train Brandon, at? If, Brendan, if that's the if that is it, then why didn't USC or UCLA get an attractive offer from the SEC? They might they because they, I don't they think they the approached them. They approached the Big Ten because they fit academically. They're they're what is it? They they are academically aligned where they don't feel like they are academically aligned with the. Yeah, it wasn't. This wasn't a Big Ten approach. This was a Big Ten answering the call. Also, because they don't want that SEC smoke either. I mean, they don't. I mean, that's why Lincoln Riley went to USC, right? He didn't want that. <laughs> Lincoln Riley, Big Ten coach. Yeah, Lincoln Riley. I mean, <laughs> Chip he, Kelly. He thought Chip he was ducking. Uh, now I guess you, uh, OSU, which I mean, that's still a significant step down from having to play Alabama and Georgia, but still. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it'll be so interesting to see how this all plays out and whether it goes quick, as quick as today went, which was like, well, like you guys said, a couple hours from initial report to official announcement. Yeah. Um, or if it if it, it, it goes back to sort of like a glacial pace where it's like drips and drabs and you get spurts well, and, and here, everyone gets. And, here, and, and the and thing, it, too, right? Like. The thing that the, made the me laugh most was, for 2024. Right. That's quick. That, the thing that made me laugh the most was Brendan saying that th- this is basically the athletics dream scenario in which they can now write about, you know, <laughs> conference moves all off season instead of like deep diving into like Coastal Carolina's line returning production, you know? Oh, because none of none Never. of the super conference shit's going to happen. None of it. Just like with the just like with the 12 team playoff, there's not going to be any super conference realignment. The Big Ten and the two L.A. schools just made off like bandits with money and they're content to just sit pat the the sec's content to just sit pat with their maybe you have some some shuffling with the the pack 10 and the big 10 12 or the big 10 the big 12 14 the big 10 12 14 uh maybe they have some sort of alliance that they enter into but there's not going to be this seismic shift, just like there wasn't the 12 team playoff. And the Athletic is going to spend all off season writing about this nonsense, and just for it not to come to fruition. 
it's like and not even not even like even attempt to talk about the season coming up. No, no, they don't. <laughs> that's too much work. I mean, we do love talking uh, about I, this though. Like as college football fans, we we I, I feel like we can't get enough of this like hypothetical realignment talk, right? Oh, it's delicious. Well, here I mean well, that's delicious. true. Well, because here, like, here's we, the we thing, right? We also know what on the Cal- who's on the roster. Sure, that's true. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let me, I mean, look, college pre, college presidents and athletic directors, they're fucking crazy people that have calculators. And so we're forced to talk about this, you know, a lot and come up with crazy, you know, crazy, uh, you know, scenarios because they're coming up with crazy ass fucking scenarios and they're doing it with the you know, like man's biggest enemy numbers. So my thought about this is. A, when Notre Dame decides to join a conference, because I think now it's just inevitable. Um, and that's fine, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't Notre Dame's choice. It was just the, the, the tides and the way, where the tides are going, and that's fine. When they do, the bag is going to be incredible. And um, I will bask in that. And Jude, remember when we went, we were at USC and we were talking to Oak and he told us this story about uh, Swarbrick and how smart he was and how like he just kind of had a handle on everything mm-hmm. at times like this i think about that and and it just does so i think about that and i think it's not for me to figure out because swarbrick has already kind of gamed it all out in his mind and wherever Notre Dame ends up i, I i'm completely confident they're just going to be in like a really good spot and so it doesn't give me any apprehension Right. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I think there will be some gnashing of teeth about Notre Dame joining, finally joining a conference. But I think the people who understand this, the dynamics of where college football was headed, will know that that was the right play when it happens. Yeah, like I, I like I. If anything happened today, right? Like, there's the whole like no one like of all that like so there's so many tweets about what Notre like what this means for Notre Dame, right? And. And I didn't see anyone being like, no, like Notre Dame better not, right? Like better not, you know, cave into this. I think everyone is just now kind of coming to the realization like this is. Yeah, well, you're not on Facebook, Greg. I am <laughs> not on Facebook, thankfully. Well, I uh, think there was – I honestly, Greg, I think there was some message board chatter about people a little bit panicking. And I, there was one comment where people were like – somebody said, you know, uh, some of you – you know, would pay the Big Ten fifty million dollars for the privilege of joining, offer to play away games for the first decade, and bend over in any other hum- humiliating ways they requested. Like, there's definitely some people who are like, you know, we don't want to get caught holding nothing. But I just, I just, I- I'm with you, Greg. I just think that the Jack has thought about these scenarios. He spent a lot of time thinking about it. Um, he's he's prepared for contingencies. He knows which ways the wind blows, and he's n- we're not going to be musical chair our way out of where we're sitting here wondering how we can, why we have to play BYU every year. It's just, I just don't right. feel like that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't see that either. And, and, you know, it, it's just like to me, and, and here's the other thing too, right? Like I think people view it as giving in, right. Oh, we're giving into the big 10 and the big Ten's always wanted us and screw them because of what happened in like 1910 or whatever. And like, <laughs> And like I think to me, like when it comes to that, it's not even the Big Ten anymore. I mean, like UCLA and USC are in it now. Like it's not, it's not like oh Michigan, Ohio State. Like it's completely different. Like just the 
the whole idea of th- there's a there's a Big Ten and a Big Twelve and an ACC and an SEC and all that other stuff like in a Pac-12 what, and Notre Dame jumps a conference then like no like that's not what's happening like Notre Dame has literally held on for as long as possible. They didn't just jump at money for the sake of jumping at money when they could have. Right. They didn't. Yeah. And, and and honestly, they're going to reap that benefit, too, because, like I said, the bag is going to be enormous. Yeah. So, and and, I th- and it, when Pete Sampson wrote his article about why Notre Dame values independence, I, I think we had, I you know, maybe you were part of this chat, Greg. But we've definitely had a conversation about, like, yeah, they're not going to get they're not going to sell their souls for $10 million. But when it becomes $80 million, then it's like, okay, at some point we have fiduciary responsibility here. And and so we're not going to be stupid about this. And so, yeah, they can give up a little independence because they think they make it on the backside with the alumni donations or, you know, whatever they, they think gets them, you know, the value that they put on independence. But at some point that number just becomes too high. And, and I a hundred percent agree with Greg. It's, there's going to be a courting here. And they're going to get they're going to get offers from from multiple groups. And one of those groups is going to say, and we'll pay your exit fee from the ACC. Right. I, well, just well, and the exit fee would be exclusion um, exclusively for non football sports because they sure. have the but it's it's not going to be the fee that and I, and, and I don't think it's the dollar value. And I don't think it's the fee that's going to get Notre Dame to make the jump. I think it's going to be if Jack Schwarbrick feels like Notre Dame is going to get left behind in football moving forward in the landscape um, if they don't join a conference. Right. Like if Notre Dame's independent and there's no chairs left and they go to these super conferences, the only way Notre Dame is going to join is, you know, fuck the dollars. It's going to be all about whether or not if there's not a path to winning a national championship and playing at the highest level. Right. And Samson, you know, Samson also tweeted out today, you know, the, I mean, the fucking obvious, you know, what would it take for Notre Dame to move access to playoff, home for Olympic sports, TV partner. None of that changed. But he also said the total destruction of major conference affiliations could alter all three. And he's right. And just one other thing I want to add is that is a little suspicious. I mean, very suspicious. Not one single tweet from Pat Narduzzi today about this move. And I'm kind of curious about what Pat is thinking and what he's got planned over there in Pitt. He's too busy searching Notre Dame's roster for kids <laughs> who aren't going to be in the starting lineup in 2023 uh, to be concerned about the machinations of conference realignment. I said, I'm just warning you guys. Narduzzi's quiet, and that isn't like him. So let's. Uh, you know, let's he's busy scouting. He's busy scouting uh, Drew Pine. <laughs> but yeah, the, one, the, la- one last thing. None, none of the things have changed for Notre for Notre Dame to to be independent in itself, but the overall landscape, like massive changes, like, can you live on planet earth? Yes, I can live on planet earth. I have oxygen and I have food. Well, if like half the earth just fucking caved in where you live might change, right? Even though you still have, (laughs) have Ohio to like still call home. I mean, big things that change can cause you to change your plans. Even if the, the, the the detailed notes that you have about how you need to go about things are the same. So uh, just one last I point. I mean, one last point for me is like it, we're, we're talking about like access to playoff and financial stuff and all that. At, at some point, 
it'll get to the it'll it'll get to a, a space where like Marcus Freeman is going to go to Swarbrick and say, hey, like it's hard for me to sell Notre Dame to recruits now because these conferences are they offer too much. There's too much access to the things that the recruits want that we can't offer un- until we get into this. Like there, there will be a point where it's like, okay, there's like, you know, two major conferences with, and, and, and all these major schools are in these conferences or whatever. We have to get on board because I can't sell, you know, whatever schedule we're playing at this point. There's too, there's too much what, carrots out there. What are Jack- dealing with? Oh, go ahead. I mean, I'm just going to say, like, just hypothetically, like, what if Jack and Jenkins say, no, let's figure something I, I, else but out. I, I th- but I think at that point, it, it w- they, they will be ready to make the move. Is it, Like, it'll be self-evident. Like, I, I, it'll be almost, I bet you Marcus doesn't even have to go to them. No, it, it'll, I don't. It'll no, Marcus, Marcus has no say in this, yeah. So the, the, the other no, thing. No, but I mean, but, but what Greg's saying is, like, they're hearing it from, like, the the bigger the you know the leading face at ND Freeman when you when you're the the boss you know the decision maker when you're hearing from like your top dog employee your head football coach the thing that that drives everything like hey we need this then you have to you have your ears have to perk up and listen and you have to do something you have to give an answer of some type so I, I just I just want to make one point which is I was there for uh, I was an undergraduate at Notre Dame when they said no to the Big Ten back in 1999. And um, I remember reading the editorials in the in the paper, the news, the student newspaper from the faculty who was big in favor of joining the Big Ten. And the reason that why was at the time it was called the Committee on Institutional Cooperation. And now it's called the Big Ten uh, Academic Alliance. Yeah, it's, it's basically um, a well-regarded. It, it, it basically would have boosted it, uh, Notre Dame's academic profile considerably, especially with its graduate programs. And I think that we, you know, we have we have talked a lot and fairly about the um, about the athletic side of it. But I think that we cannot disregard what joining the Big Ten would mean for the academic aspirations of the university. And that's why I'm I'm inclined to think that if there were if all offers being the same, the Big Ten would be become the most attractive because of that that academic component, which I don't think it should be overlooked. What Dude, is it, I have a AAU, question for you. the academic um, the academic alliance universities? Is that what they are? AAU members? Um, I, I thought it was their own. It's a yeah, it's a Big Ten research consortium. Of yeah, some yeah there's a consortium, and Notre Dame's technically not part of it, uh, which is kind of tough. Um, which is one of the prerequisites. Big Ten hockey member. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're, they 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 you get. You get a lot of money just for you get a lot of research grants. Yeah, a lot of research research grants. Dude, I I have a question. I have a question for you based off of what you what you were just talking about, because I I I agree with you. Like the outside of athletics, there is a huge academic side to all all this that it just it's no fun for most for Joe College football fan to talk about. Yeah, exactly. So so let me let me ask you a couple questions here. Number one, what what's Notre Dame's enrollment right now? Undergrad. Is it about eight? Yeah, I was going to say 7,500. Yeah, eight probably. What is stopping Notre Dame from increasing their undergrad enrollment, let's say, by 3,000 students? 
let's let, let's say let, let's say what would what would an undergrad enrollment for Notre Dame of like twelve thousand? What do you think that means for the university as a whole? Well, you know that's a that's an interesting thing to to, to think about. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that I have a pat answer for you. I, I think sort of things that come to mind are space considerations. Um, I'm not sure that they could add three thousand students uh, at once. I don't think that not, they not the, at once, the, not at once. The space but, but for say like a, a four or five year plan. Yeah, I think that they kind of. Um, you know, because everything comes with with more, right? More faculty, more every, more classroom space, more everything. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think about. So, you know, maybe it prides itself on being a little bit selective in terms of its admission right, standards. Right. But you're still pretty, you're still pretty selective around twelve thousand undergrad. I mean, that's that that's not Ohio State fifty thousand undergrad numbers, yeah. right? I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, is this. What it takes, what it takes to increase your enrollment size by considerably is money, right? Flat out, it's, it takes it takes a commitment to spend some money. Sure. But in the long haul, but in the long haul, you'll see dividends from that because more more undergrads means more tuition, means more donations when they're out making their fortunes and all that and all that stuff. So I guess what I'm saying is like, if Notre Dame if Notre Dame gets what Greg says, gets the bag on all this, I would like to see them increase their undergrad status because you could still be an elite university with 12, 13,000 student undergrads, uh, just eight or nine, which also increases your your standing in the research world. You have you'll have more facilities, you'll have more more students, you'll have more professors. You know what I'm saying? Like like. You're not you're not looking to make yourself out to be, uh, you know, fucking IU or you know IU Medical or anything like that. But it gives you it gives you a foot to to branch out academically. Yeah, I see what I see what I just, you're saying. It's a big campus. There is space. There is space to put buildings. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and they have no problem building things uh, over there. There's always construction going on. I'm just saying. If they get the bag, just do it. Everyone's living longer. Legacy's one end. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta I, make some fucking work. I, I, I admittedly don't know what their, um, what their priorities are in terms of undergrad versus graduate. In terms of, um, you know, I they keep building dorms, but then they keep making kids uh, commit to the dorms because they can't fill the dorms. So it's like I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure what's going on there. So. I don't know. I it's kind of started a conversation I'm a little bit out of my depth on, but at the same time, I know that I I know at least they'll pay lip service to the idea that this was an academic decision as as more so or as much as a, an athletic decision. And I know that's not sexy to talk about, but I think it's worth mentioning. So, but it's but it's also more in line with the truth than people give it first thought, right? I mean, it, you're absolutely right. Like. It's good. There's going to be a huge academic side of the decision making in this that people just aren't going to talk about because it's no fun to talk about. I mean, it, it yeah, just, exactly. Joe, exactly. Joe Subway fan is not going to give a shit about about the research facilities. He just not. no, but it, it 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 he's going to notice it when it raises the profile of Notre Dame's graduate programs and it makes it a more attractive university. No, 
No, Joe Subway doesn't care about the profile no, no. of Gratch. He, he cares. But, he cares about. He cares about. He cares about CJ Carr being a fucking alpha. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess in terms of like the the caliber of the student that ends up becoming, you know, a Supreme Court justice or Secretary of State or you know what I'm saying? Like just. I think that it, it has ramifications that he will feel even if he can't he can't uh, put it oh, into yeah. words. Yeah, he's not he's not going to know about it, but he'll feel it. Can I can I can I bring up the the darker side of this? Sure. Um, does it does it? <laughs> am I the only one that's kind of bummed out that the fact that like Notre Dame finally has the recruiting chops put together after? Yeah. Like 20, 25 years of sort of like making their Moses way wandering through the desert. And it looks and now, like NIL and this is going on. Well, no, the NIL is fine. But like the sport itself, like college football itself is like radically could be radically changing just as Notre Dame is finally getting their shit together. And like, I'm not super excited about two super conferences, I, I kind of like the sport as it is now where it's a little bit dirty and a little bit messy and it does bump I mean, I like me it out 20 years ago. I do too. And like Notre Dame's starting to get it figured out now. And I like where they're at recruiting. I, I mean, I don't like where they're at recruiting. I love where they're at recruiting. I think Marcus Freeman is just crushing it. And now the sport seems to be like, irreparably changing and it, it just I don't know I was kind of yeah. feeling kind of somber about this whole thing Brendan I think I think your point is well taken and I think it's shared by some people out there um, I follow Matt Brown obviously subscribed to extra points and he had a little a tweet thread today that, that I feel like is very it, it sort of echoes what you were saying he said you know this move will create some cool matchups so improve net ratings and all sorts of sports for the Big Ten. I'll make coaches, administrators, TV execs, and industry vendors a shit ton of money. I'll like watching it a lot on TV. And yet, I think it's hard not to feel bad that college sports is moving even more away from the historic and highly provincial nature that helped make it unique, interesting, and relevant to local communities. I don't love this new era. I really don't. It sucks for athletes who no. have to travel more and miss more classes. Without earning more money, it sucks for fans who lose on traditional matchups and face awkward TV windows. It's devastating if you love a school like Wazoo or something. None of you guys will get a check from Fox or ESPN or Kevin Warren if the Big Ten makes a shit ton of money from it, from TV. I get why it happens. This is my beat, but I don't have to cheerlead it. Nobody had to do this. Don't sit here and say it's about stability resources. I know the debt situation. USC and UCLA aren't poor. They have enough to great have enough to hire great coaches and win titles. Just say you want more money and be done with it. That's, that's my point right there. My, yeah. Well that's said. hundred percent. It's like, I, I, the whole thing, like it's, I, I hate to see the cheerleading about this move because I don't like, like, I don't, I don't want Notre Dame to join a conference. I don't well, want to say people that are cheerleading are going to be bitching about it in five years. Just, because that's just what they like do. The They're short sighted. They, 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 they because they the don't see the domino. They don't yeah. see the domino. Because the athletic exists. And they will well, the do these articles. Well, it's like the NIL thing. It's like when uh, – what's her name? Nicole Arbach was was complaining about uh, you know kids getting like bags and whatever, right? About like uh, – well, it was what? Two months ago she was complaining about um, – she's like, well, well, this isn't really what NIL is. And it's like, well, no. This is what it was going to be. And like – And everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. <laughs> 
and now you're you're seeing it and and you're complaining about it. It's like, well, well, this is what it's going to be. And like when it goes to super conferences, the sport is going to get sterilized, and it's going to be. I don't know. I, I just I don't. Notre Dame's getting their analogies shit together. I, They're getting their shit together. One of the better analogies that I saw. I'm sorry, Brandon. Yeah, no, no, go ahead, go ahead, man. No, I was saying one of the better analogies I saw today was. It was basically just the, they were pointing out, like, just forget about geographical differences now for for these teams and these conferences. Basically, what the what college football is saying today is that they are moving to the NFL model, and this here is the AFC and here is the NFC, and there is the it's a simple way to look at it, but that is exactly what it is. The Big Ten is going to be the AFC, the SEC is going to be the NFC, and then. Washington State's just going to have to go play, uh, you know, in the World League. Right. Well, I mean, it, it just it is it, it is great. It is great. It is not gravitated. It is fucking fast bullet training that way. Unless I, I mean, I, I couldn't even think of a scenario that saves some of these outlier school like Kansas and Kansas State, you know, Washington State. I mean, Arizona, just, Arizona some State. Schools, yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's just. Duke. What's, I mean, what, think about the happen? East Coast teams: Duke, Syracuse, Boston College. I mean, all of them are going to be without a dance partner, and what they're still going to play football, right? They're not just going to disband the football, but it, right. it's not going to be the same thing. There's going to be a, a uh, I think it was Solid Verbal that 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 coined the term. There's going to be a Fox League, right? Because the Big Ten is Fox, and there's going to be the ESPN League, which is the SEC. So there's going to be the – just like CBS has the AFC and uh, Fox has the NFC for for NFL, it's going to be the same thing. It's just going to be right. these two big leagues it, that dominate again, everything. I, the sentiment of – I just – I loved college – I loved college football, college sports in general 20 years ago. And honestly, I just don't see what was wrong with that. Like I don't see the problem with with what that was, other than people weren't making mo- enough money, and I just don't see how they how is the money still not there? Like why does it have to be like this to make the bag? And I just it just who's gonna keep watching? I mean who's gonna keep watching? The the what drives college football is fandom more than anything else. Who's watching the te- the games on television? Who's going to the games and paying the gate? I mean, if and if you start alienating all of the fans that grew up loving the the lifestyle, like conferences were a lifestyle, and now they they just said that's not how. Like the SEC, when you said SEC school, you knew what you were getting from the from the teams, from the co- from the coaches, from the fans. You knew what they're getting. Same with the Big Ten. Same with the Pac-12. Same with the ACC. It's just the regionalization of of college sports is kind of what made it more fun than anything else. And that's all going away. And yeah, it may still survive. And I may be just, maybe I'm just kicking rocks, but it's just, it's fucking sad. It really is fucking sad that the shit that I love, the, the, all the, the crazy fucking, the games, the rivalry trophies, the, all the, all the nonsense shit that I love is what makes college football so great. That's all I mean, that's been all been getting flung out of the window over the past 10, 12 years as it is. 
And now we're like, we're seeing it. Like the room is starting to get empty and all that's left is like the couch and the armoire. And that's about to get fucking tossed out the window too. Yeah. And that, that's the bummer about the whole thing is that it's irreparably changing the sport in a way that I don't think that people are forecast. Maybe they're not for, I don't know if forecasting is the right word for it, but they're not looking at it from the right perspective where like what made college football special was that it was like weird and it's not going to be weird anymore. It's getting commercialized and people that claim that they, you know, they, they're just not looking at it from the right perspective. And that, well, it's going to be up to us. We, we have to save college football. Yeah. It's, well, it, 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 is. So, it, it is. Up, it is up to the non the athletic people to fucking find the weirdness and exploit the shit out of it because that's what's going to, that's what's going to like not save the sport, but at least make it palatable for those of us that remember how it used to be is to, I is was, to keep continuing to like sell the, the crazy shit. I was looking forward to psychologically damaging my own children as I had been psychologically damaged growing up by turning them into Notre Dame fans and, and causing them years of anguish. And now the commercialism is, is threatening to take that away from me. And I'm, I'm resentful of that fact. I mean, well, I definitely, I, I, de- I, de- I definitely don't like it. I mean, I, I like, I don't like it. The way I view these things is, is everything eventually gets ruined, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like for me, it's, it's like, like Josh is saying, like all you guys are saying exactly how I feel you're, you're ruining it. You're ruining this thing that I love. But the problem is, is that it's not mine. Right. I, I grew up with it and I like it. I like it the way that it was. I liked it. I like it the way it was when, uh, you know, I was 15, 16, 17 years old. Right. And I, and I love the conferences and I love, and I love the big 12 and I, and I, and the big eight. Right. And that, and, and I loved all those games and I, and I love the, you know, all the, the conference uh, rivalries and all those things. Like, I love it. But that's me, right? Like, like there's a 15-year-old out there right now who doesn't care about any of that. And their reality will be whatever is being created now. And when yeah. that gets ruined, then that person in 25 years will be pissed off on a podcast or whatever they're doing then. And <laughs> because, it always, because it always gets changed it always gets ruined right like and it's like to like people always talk about like greed like oh it's the greed and it's like well it's not it's the greed it's that that it's human nature it's not that we weren't making enough money it's just that we figured out a way where here's how we can make more and people always want to make more right like that's just that's just the the nature of everything and sometimes when you aren't aggressive that is a choice too and then you get and then people are mad at you because you didn't, you weren't more aggressive, you weren't chasing the bag enough, you know. So it's right. like you damned if you do, damned if you don't. Hundred percent agree with you, Greg. Which is that, you know, we'll <laughs> we'll be laughing at those kids who are like, I liked it the way it used to be. And I'm like, hey man, if you want to talk about the way it used to be, like, you know, we'll have some, we'll have some. <laughs> Let stories, me tell you about but, 1995, brother. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's the way yeah, it, it works. Like, I to be honest with you, I started making peace with this. As soon as I read a story that said Swarbrick and Jenkins were aligned on the idea that we started to pay players, they would just they would join the the academic league that didn't pay players. 
you know, they would go play Harvard. And I just thought, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to be po- any they're postured. I, I don't want to I don't want any part of that. Right. I don't I don't, I'm not interested in watching that brand of football. And I'll probably just go do something else with my life. And it's weird to think about because Notre Dame is such a huge part of my identity. And Notre Dame football is such a huge part of my uh, entertainment, enjoyment. I would say happiness, probably more so than I care to admit, like, you know, interest. Um, so the idea of just kind of like saying, ah, to hell with it. Like, I probably would stick around for a year just to see what it looked like. But at the same time, like, I just don't think that's not that's where I live spiritually. Like, I'll just sort of always want what I've got, what I've had. Yeah. I I mean, I'm with you on that one. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like, when you Catholics, a lot of Catholics get like, uh, the apologetics, you got like, these, uh, not just cards, but like big sections to like explain away your faith. Right. Not explain away, but like to explain when people say, Oh, you're, you're praying to Mary or, or everyone had, there's, there are set answers for, for all this stuff. And growing up as a Notre Dame fan, you kind of had that same thing. Like you had your set answers for why Notre Dame does the things that Notre Dame does, like why they're independent. Just show, you, you have these the set reality and the set belief system in the thing that you enjoy. And now you're going to – you kind of got to burn that card <laughs> or you're, you're, you're playing you – know, you might have to throw that card in the, in the fire. So basically you're changing your whole belief system. And it's and it's not out of a of a want. It's kind of out of a need now, like because you're going to have to because the reality is going to change. And so, yeah, well, it's now you say that because it's funny you say that because for years, one of the the, one of the easiest ways to explain our independence was we have the best TV contract. Why would we why would we share that with anyone? And then that that is so become so untrue. We have people kind of regurgitate that. Oh, they don't want to share the NBC money. It's like. Oh, dude, <laughs> the the money the it's big really Ten not is that much. <laughs> is, the the money the Big Ten is getting from TV rights is far outstripping the NBC contract now, and so like, that's not Purdue's making way more bank off TV. Yeah, yeah, to the tune of like forty forty million dollars more. Yeah, Wake Forest well, is making more than whole, us. Yeah, that's the funny. That's the the hilarious thing to me, and I bring it up a lot. Is back when Notre Dame first first took that NBC contract. What did what did Notre Dame get hit with? Everyone was hanging them out to dry as greedy fucking bastards, and it's all about the money and it's greed, 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 greed. And then as the years went by, and Notre Dame actually did all these schools a fucking favor by breaking with the CFA. And as the years go by, these co- these TV contracts are going up for everybody else. These schools, uh, these schools all passed Notre Dame in TV money years and years ago. And now it's like, why doesn't Notre Dame join us? They'll make more money. Like, well, you were just hanging them out to drive for being greedy fuckers for money right. for TV dollars. It's like, well, I mean, none of it. I mean, <laughs> that's how do you how do you just change your they, total direction? Uh, well, on why dealing, you hate where they're dealing with. Well, they're dealing with ABC. Well, dealing with ABC and then and then secretly back channeling with NBC. So that, that was a little part of the hate. But I, I totally everything else is spot on, spot on. Right, but the I mean, but the general gist of it all, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, there was there was definitely like a Notre Dame, Notre Dame chased the almighty dollar. Notre Dame, you know, sold oh, yeah. sold sold, for, sold their soul, you know, yeah. And 
they they don't care about the spore and they're going to ruin the spore and it's like I mean, maybe you could all it was that they, that they started the first time. But all, but all it was, yeah, all it was, first time, was, Notre Dame, was Notre Dame strengthening their position as an independent in a time and an age where teams were leaving, where you had 25 plus teams that were independent. They were leaving the independents and, jo- and joining the Big East, the ACC, the Big Ten. Notre Dame wanted to remain independent, and so they were strengthening their position as an independent. They were trying to be their own boss, which is the most fucking American thing you can do in this world is to be your own boss and how you can hate on that. But as many business owners find out, as a if you start up your own business, you are not going to always become an Amazon or a Walmart. And Notre Dame is not an Amazon or a Walmart There is because there are still places out there that have more money and can create problems for you. There's not a whole lot of businesses that can create problems for Amazon right now. So what they're finding out now is they did everything they could, absolutely everything they could to position themselves as an independent for the long haul. And they have, but now that entire landscape is just imploding. They're going to have to make a decision. I think we're all, I think all four of us are in line with what that decision will, they'll not exactly be, but that they're going to make one that's going to be, leaving independence at some point. Right. I mean, am I maybe. catching that wrong? Am yeah, I think, I think the phrase, no, I think the phrase is resigned acceptance, right? I think we're all at the stage where we understand that the, 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 the cards are being shuffled or the chess pieces are moving or the dominoes are falling and Notre Dame is going to do what's best for, for Notre Dame. And if that means joining a conference and changing fundamentally what we what we've always advocated for or believed in then it is going to be what it's going to be and i don't think there's much point in sitting there going you know this sucks or whatever it's just it, you probably just embrace the new reality and and there you see go where it takes us um, i think i mean honestly i think you're I seeing I a lot all, of that right now sort of how i feel no that's that's exactly where i'm at and i think you're and i think that you're seeing a lot of that you know, come out right now on, I mean, again, Facebook is its own monster, but you know, a lot of the stuff on, you know, see on Twitter and message boards is kind of that, that pre-acceptance, uh, you know, like, okay, this could, this could be a big game changer and Notre Dame, look, Notre Dame fought the good fight and stayed as independent as they, as long as they possibly could. But now it's like, you might have to do something. You're, you're, you are the farm inside of the, <laughs> The big, uh, the big suburban. And if you've been listening, if you've been listening to Jack Swarbrick for the last eight years, you he's literally been preparing you for this reality. Yes, independent. Because Jack's buds, smarter than everybody. Else. Right, independent. But Jack's smarter than everybody. Else. Like always, always watching how the 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 chess pieces are moving. How long ago do you think Jack knew about that this move was coming? How long? I think he knew Couple before. I think he's got a. Oh, he I, well, I don't know what his relationship with Mike Bone is. Um. But I think that he Probably had fairly good. So uh, here's what I think. I think even if he doesn't know, even if he found out last night because somebody was loose lipped at a at a bar or whatever, he he's still got a game prob- plan. He, he still gamed out certain scenarios, right? What if X does Y? War games. Yeah, and sort of thought to himself, let's have a little thought experiment about what would be if the two most powerful teams in the you know 
an insert name of conference here went to other other conference and built that up and also weakened you know what would that mean and what if they were somebody that we wanted to play why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip you atv and zip line through the jungle you don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I, just, yeah, I, I think, I think you I, gave it all out. I mean, I think it's, I think with it, the realm of possibility. So. Greg, what, I mean, I know it's only been a few hours, but I mean, do you feel different? Do you feel like you like you need to put beans in your chili now? <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't. I don't want to open up that that can of worms. And say that man. Every time, every time beans and chili is mentioned, it's like there's there's a, a, a Franken text going out. Yeah, yeah that is, like you just. They, that matter of fact, they hear this, and I'm I'm gonna get mentions on Twitter about. Uh, <laughs> I mean, beans absolutely can't be in chili. They're delicious. It's chili. No, they have it's no fine. place in chili. And inside of a fucking chili, uh, it's beans, even better. Beans belong in chili like James Harden belongs to the 76ers. Oh. I don't, so I don't watch the NBA. I don't care. I like, <laughs> but I, I do eat a lot of chili. I like, and I'll tell you. I like how angry Frank is. I like my chili with beans. 76ers. <laughs> I love that he says you can't use his own words against him. That's my favorite part. And Greg also keeps receipts like a hound. I don't know. Or I just remember. Just good yeah. at this, maybe he's good at this search.twitter.com. So. Yeah, you got to You got to You know, when you're a, when you're a professional tweeter, you got to. Uh, there's certain <laughs> things you pick up. So like, like I'm not I'm not a I'm not a typical Midwest person where where like when it starts to get cold, I start bitching about the cold and like planning trips to like Florida, which is what like all Midwest people seem to want to do, or California and all that. But like, again, I'm not typical. But like the tip, so there'll be a bunch of typicals in there for scheduling stuff. Like which schools are going to be like, no, like Wisconsin's like, no, we want to go play UCLA and fucking no. I mean, the good thing is there's two LA schools. So you're going to see like weekends with weekends in November of like uh, Wisconsin versus UCLA in the Rose bowl and fucking Rutgers and, <laughs> and USC way, in the, <laughs> the whole Rutgers, the whole Rutgers UCLA thing cracks me up because um, I believe it was Matt Brown that pointed out that uh, yeah. the trip from UCLA to Rutgers is about the same distance from Rutgers to Iceland. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's a and then, it's a and then uh, uh, Triceratops had a great tweet that said like barren storming and he had the the diphthong the ae diphthong that they use in the nordic countries oh oh yeah that was a good one so i mean like 
What about oh, what, what's going to happen to the Big Ten nooner? Like like UC, USC and UCLA are not going to be involved in a nooner because David Why Shaw not? will be talking about you know they've already learned David Shaw on the body clock. Body clocks. Why not? About your body clock. I mean, you. One of the reasons you, USC wanted to make <laughs> Tell me how your body clock was because they were tired of the East Coast bias and the 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time kicks, where they weren't able to get some. You know, they weren't able to get Eastern, uh, you know, East Coast eyeballs on their players and in, in games. Uh, why? Why wouldn't they play at noon o'clock? I don't know. But I mean, like UCLA Northwestern is, at noon. Is Greg, Greg ready? Is, is, is Greg Evanston? ready? Greg's Who's gonna love it. What? I love gonna, it. I love. I'm already up. Listen, would, let's would go. Would you go to a? Would you go? It's to not a, gonna get in the way of your girls' soccer games, right? It's, I hope not. I mean, dude, I'm gonna be so busy this, this new kick. Fall, it's terrible. Uh, but no, I, 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 yeah. And, and here's the thing, Josh. Like you were talking about, like, hey. You know, the USC doesn't get to call the shots. Like, this is the type of thing where it's like, oh, we don't want to play a noon kick. It's like, hey, that's what the money's for, big guy. So, uh, yeah, we'll see it. We'll see you then. Yeah. We'll see you at for the uh, the the nine. The kickoff is at nine oh three. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Did the, like, the oh, the cal- we we don't want to do that. Yeah, oh, we don't want to do that. Oh, no. Did the check not clear? <laughs> oh, no. I see that it has. Because if it has. did, then uh, we'll see you then. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you. Enjoy your new kicks. Hey, yeah. by the way, by the way, boys, enjoy your uh, uh, November road trips to the uh, East Coast. Uh, I know you've been ducking them from Notre Dame for the better part of two decades, but um, enjoy that game against Penn State on uh, November seventeenth. Uh, Have Camp fun. Randall. Enjoy Camp, Camp Randall. Randall. Enjoy Camp Randall in the middle of November. East Lansing in fucking no- in November. <laughs> Have fun with that. Yeah, they had. Great, shit great, great. I mean, Minnesota's an outdoor stadium now. Good. Go- Greg, mostly towards you, but the other guys can answer as well. Are there any other Pac-12 teams that make sense to go anywhere, no. whether it be the Big Ten or the Big Twelve? A Big Twelve, maybe. I could, Big see, 10, I could, oh, I could totally see Oregon and Utah going to the Big Twelve, for sure. And Oregon State. Well, well if, Oregon, how Oregon can State they? Stay? Go how can they stay? Like it's enough. Utah would make all the sense in the world because then they would they would join with BYU. Right. I can't see anybody like I can't see like this is that when when everybody's theory crafting these conference realignment things like what is Oregon I, I was half joking about like the media market being seven hundred thousand but like uh, Eugene is a population of seven uh, one hundred and seventy thousand and Portland is sub sub seven hundred thousand I mean these aren't I big will media say that markets. There were- no, but there was a there was a uh, I just saw it and I cannot reference exactly where it was from, but they they had the list of the the top ten um, fan bases by numbers uh, across the country. And Oregon was in the yeah, no, no, it was not a fucking big game boomer. <laughs> I would not be because I know you love that big game table. boomers. <laughs> would not be bringing that bullshit to the table. Harry Heastan, forty first. Ranked fucking offensive line coach. Thirty second, but who's counting? Suck my dick, boomer. So, I mean, but what I'm saying is, Oregon has a fan base. The the things that they have done over the last 25 years to make them kind of like the cool property 
has worked nationally gaining fans. So they are up in that tier of, you know, they, yes, they're in a small media market, but they do have a national following, not on the, you know, it's not on the level of a Texas or a Notre Dame or an Ohio state or, or even a fucking Michigan, but they are, they're up on that, on that level nationally. Thanks to the, to the weirdness that they've, they've brought to college football over the last 25 years uh, with terribly numbered fives. <laughs> also, so, I if mean, you got Washington I, too, you could get that Seattle market. But what is the Seattle market worth? I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's. Wait, but here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. What, the, we, we, we've talked about conference, ex, you know, realignment and expansion, all that shit for now for for 15 fucking years. And one of the things that was always like a big stopper, like a big fucking red button, said no was BYU and the Pac-12. Why? BYU's too religious. The Pac-12, very liberal, does not want that smoke uh, getting in their conference. Well, they also didn't want the Sunday so, thing. Now, now that the Big 12 is taking in BYU, can they revisit that? Like, can they say, uh, you know what? No, BYU, we're going to take Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, Maybe Stanford Cal. Uh, uh, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> be independent again. Wouldn't be the first can, time I, someone I, broke a contract with BYU. Am I right, Jude? Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Good one, Greg. <laughs> I mean, that could still be a thing, right? Like that shit could still be. But I, I think the West Virginia, um, uh, big, tw- you know, accounts today were kind of like kind of scared about what might happen. Like, I mean, can you boot? I mean, how easy for, is it for a conference to boot out a team? Like I think right, at, at right now, I'm pretty sure the big 10 would just love to kick fucking Rutgers to the side. Like realizing that was like, well, give up like, that New York media market. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, that New York media market. What are you talking about, man? Dude, just, are you kidding me? They're on yes all the time. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm th- pretty sure they want them gone. <laughs> no, I think they would kick out Maryland before they kicked out Rutgers. Honest to God, I don't disagree with that sentiment at all either. I mean, how what, what's the DMV worth? I'm literally, I'm literally telling you, they sell that New York media market because they have Rutgers. They sell that they have. Well, it. they 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 sell that they have it, but it doesn't really mean much anymore now with everybody streaming. Like cable, cable was the was the driver in 2010. Cable, cable was the driver for a lot of this. Because people wanted their own, you know, television networks and all the shit and media, cable TV subscriptions were huge. Now everybody's fucking streaming. It's all uh, YouTube TV. You, you think so? Oh, Do you remember everyone who uh, gnashes their teeth every time Notre Dame plays on Peacock or NBCSN or some hard to find well, channel? That's right. But that's, but I mean, that's still the way it's going. Like people are dropping their, the way it's going, TV. but it's not there yet. It's not even close to there yet. Lots more people have cable than than do than yeah. cut the cord. But, you, but you're Moses right now. You can see the valley. You're gonna die, dude. But you're <laughs> seeing the valley. The promise. Yeah, but the valley's fifty years away. I mean, away, it's, it's fucking there. It's there. Like the like the cable subscriptions yes, do not matter. And at some point, Hispanics will outnumber whites in, in the United States, but we're not there yet. Well, if eighteen year old me had any say, <laughs> I would have. <laughs> 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 Instead, I married a Polish Irish girl. Uh, no, I just think it's 
that was the driver. I think the Big Ten is just like, fuck, we didn't see, you know, we'd rather not. I mean, I think they'd, they're much happier with Maryland than Rutgers, to be honest with you. I mean, at least Maryland brings other things to the table. What the fuck does Rutgers bring to the table besides New York market? And free wins. Shit? It's New York. New York is not a college sports market. You can say it is. You can say, oh, yeah, we got the, but it's not. I think Syracuse There's is offended by what you just said. Sports. Of course they are. They're offended by New anything. New college that. team. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's Look, just if the Big Ten could go you back and redo things, I'm pretty sure they would not be inviting Rutgers along for the ride. Probably not. But I mean, they have Rutgers, and it is the New York market, so they're excited about it. I'm just glad that we don't have to wait until the Red that, Box sure. Bowl to watch UCLA in Illinois. God, <laughs> is it still the Red Box Bowl? I don't know. Is it the Foster Farms Bowl now? Am I am I going backwards or forwards? I'm not. 100% was that the was that the Emerald Nuts Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it was. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was. I don't know, man. This this whole this this whole day. We haven't even talked lot. about. I only saw one comment today that said the green jerseys are unlucky. I, I'm I'm gonna have to start getting on my <laughs> crusade here with the green jerseys. We haven't talked about the green jerseys yet. I, I no, and the, the fact Jubal. that Marcus Freeman sat down and read and read tweets. Uh, one of them was yeah, from was our awesome. for our very own uh, uh, Hayden Adams. Yeah, uh, I saw Hayden, a lifelong member of, of Zom House. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, put his put his mark there on there. Uh, look. Freeman, I, I love Freeman's facial expressions. Like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense why you would have a fucking green out. That was, a, and not that was all jerseys. Brian Kelly, too, right? Like, the, there was no one else but I Brian mean, Kelly because Brian Kelly hated green jerseys. Why would Brian Kelly fucking give a shit? Like, why would, if you're a head coach, why would you give a shit? I, don't I think know. I would just want things to, like, look, be normal. Like, oh, we're having a green out, then we're wearing the green jerseys. If you told me we were having a fucking orange out, I mean, for a guy who wearing the orange green jerseys, he sure, wore, he sure wore green a lot. No, they didn't wear green a lot. They didn't wear green hardly, like... 2010, 2011, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2015, 2018. That doesn't I, sound a, like every I, year, because they should have worn I, them every year. Okay. I have a question for all three of you. Hey, I have a question for all three of you. Same question. Would you give up the home version of the green jerseys, however, whatever version that you love, doesn't matter what, like if you like this one now or whatever, give up the home version of the green jerseys forever if you got the away jerseys with the green numbers forever? Yes. Are you talking about the this fresh Adidas ones from 2011? No, just I mean, well, whatever version you want. Is it a way Cheerios bowl? Cheerios bowl. Well, using green instead of blue, you're using green. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the 13 ones, so I 13 ones are okay, but they're not great. They're not like the 2011. Is that the Maryland game? Is that the Maryland Shamrock series? No, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about Shamrock series. I'm talking about. Oh, I love it. That's that's 2011 then. Yeah, 2011. Yeah, 2011. I love that. And the normal jersey is basically the Sugar Bowl. Your normal white jersey is basically the Jerome Bettis Sugar Bowl uniform. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I want those every year. Yeah. And know. you would give up 
ever wearing a, a home green jersey again. Yeah, yeah. but that means I can never see the, the greatest of all green jerseys, which is the 2007 Fobacks. True. Or when they got true. trounced by yeah, USA. Fucking true. That's true. I would take the trade. Right. I'd take the trade. You wouldn't? I no, would. Greg would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Greg's a man of culture. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I just think you should make green. Like, here's my thoughts about, about green. And I think they should wear it as much as they possibly can, but whatever. But the thing about the green is go to an away game, you fucking people. Go to a real away game, not a Shamrock Series game or whatever neutral bullshit Navy fucking throws at us. Go to a real away game, a real one. And the fans that you find in the crowd are wearing the fucking green. They are standing out in the green because that's what stands out. So the away jerseys should represent that. Stand out. Why can't – well, if you – if Notre Dame does join the Big Ten – uh, USC and UCLA have worn alternating solid, you know, primary right, color jerseys. Color. Why can't Notre Dame do that? Wear the green jerseys on an away game against USC. I mean, I think they should. I think they should anyways. Absolutely could. But the, the best thing about – the possibility about Notre Dame joining the big 10 in any sense, isn't really the Jersey factor for me. It's the fucking rivalry trophies. We get the shillelagh back. We get the megaphone back in circulation. Like I wouldn't mind playing Michigan state. And I'm you know, obviously, cause I talk about it a lot, but bring fucking Sparty back on the schedule. Actually, sometime. That's a fun, that's a fun thought. If USC UCLA join the big 10 and then they go to three, three, five, and then Notre Dame joins who are Notre Dame's three protected rivals. US USC, Michigan and Michigan state. Feels right. Doesn't it? Yeah. That seems wildly. Um, no, that seems wildly unfair. Okay. To Purdue. No, 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 no. <laughs> to Notre Dame. Like, well, yeah, because you, you, because those are th- three like solid programs. Yeah. yeah, somebody did a matrix where they showed all uh, right. So the breakdown of the so you, AC or the ACC, right, when they went to their new scheduling model, and they showed down like what the winning percentage was and who made out the best. Like, it, it would be Purdue, Michigan, USC, or Purdue, USC. It wouldn't be Michigan then. It would be Purdue, Michigan State, USC. Right, which would be fine. I'd be fine with that. Oh, uh, people would but howl. Whole, but that's fine because then you can make the Michigan game like that's a game where it's like I feel you. And those are those are three trophy games. Protect your trophy games. Yeah. Michigan's so I mean, I, I brought it up earlier. I think we should I mean, protect I, Northwestern and bring back the Shillelagh. Buy from Joe, who's still holding fuck on. Yeah, to we should. <laughs> you guys don't know what I'm talking. You guys do not know what we're talking about. Just Google one foot down. Shillelagh Northwestern Jude went on a rampage and found a lost trophy that every SID involved either a didn't know about or B said it was just lost to history. Jude found it. Uh, but here's a, here's something I wanted to bring up before I the trophy. About, the way. What's that? Why didn't we buy the trophy? Well, I didn't have the, that kind of money just sitting I around. Mean, we could have fundraised for it, I think. So, crowdsourced it. We could have crowdsourced that. We didn't have the like. I could sell a couple of my. It uh, all happened. It all happens like very quickly. Like June, we NFTs. found it and we were playing Northwestern, and we were trying to get it like within like a week 
and it was all very, I don't know. I thought Marcus yeah, Freeman could it, buy it. It came, to, it came came together quite close to the uh, the Northwestern game. I think if we had had a six month lead time, we could have done a lot better. But also right, maybe to, right. to get somebody to ask Brian Kelly about it, which would have been super nice. But well, they, oh, they well. let me. Oh well. <laughs> but what I was saying was the the Big Ten going to you know adding USC and UCLA going to sixteen teams. I think the only scheduling model that actually makes sense is the pod. I think, I think is the pod formula because that it will allow you to play more teams in your conference more times rather than just like, here's a team in your conference that you're going to play once every nine years or whatever, however the hell it would be. So it would be more of a pod setting, right? Like, so like you, so we're not talking about USC going to Rutgers every other year. <laughs> for the life, you know, you're talking, talking about, you know, four pods, four teams in a pod, you know, maybe it's, uh, it's USC, UCLA, Minnesota and Iowa and then Minnesota and Iowa both have like a protected, uh, rivalry with, you know, Wisconsin, Illinois, you know what I mean? Like kind of like that setting, or maybe, you know, throw Nebraska in there, Nebraska and, and, uh, whatever, but it, what I'm saying is we're probably looking at more of like a pod schedule, right? Maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I like the the ACC scheduling where you have the protected and then everybody plays, um, you know, in a rotation based up, you know, in a four-year schedule, you play in every, every other conference's stadium. That sounds like the best one to me. But I mean, say, you know, if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten, let's just say this happens, all right? They're at 16 teams now. Notre Dame joins at 17. They'd probably have, they'd probably add at least one more uh, along with Notre Dame. Let's say they pull in a fucking Clemson, all right? Or let's just say Florida State. All of a sudden, Florida State's in the Big Ten. They go in there with Notre Dame. And I have 18 teams. Like a, like a three 16 pods sounds like an interesting way to schedule, right? You get, you're playing your five teams in your pod every year, and then you, you know you maybe you'll have like two protected rivalries, and then you'll be rotating around. I mean, I'm not an athletic director. <laughs> I coach little league baseball, uh, but uh, it seems like that the, the to me I think a pod setting is is where this is all eventually heading for these mega conferences. Like once you get past 14 fucking teams, I mean, what hell, once you get past 12, in my opinion, you're getting real dicey on some shit, but you get up to 16, you got to be a little more creative than what has been presented to college football fans for the last, you know, 150 fucking years. I don't know that Silence. we mentioned the, the Green Jersey game is against Cal September 17th. That's the Jude game. It's the Jude game, right? The Jude game. That's right. Yeah. Why, why is that the Jude game? Because it's the game that Jude broke the story. Yeah, a long time ago I figured out there was Oh, that's play. right. That's right. That's right. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm, kind of, that's I'm a, kind of upset about the Green Jersey thing just because I feel like it's a distraction from the real – thing that they should be doing, which is putting names on the back of the jerseys. They should, but they haven't said they that they're not. 
They haven't said. I know, yet. but that 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 needs to happen. I no, I don't think they're going to do it. Has this anyone year, asked Freeman about his opinion I, about that? Nobody has. Hey, Josh, Seven this sounds like there. a question. This sounds like a question that you can. Raise. I was not invited. I, I was not fucking invited. I but listen, I am going to send an email out to Katie this week still, and I'm going to ask for uh, podcast time with Marcus Freeman. I'm going to ask for 25 minutes, and we are going to ask Marcus Freeman 25 minutes worth of the most absurd questions that nobody else has asked it. <laughs> Taco versus this burrito. Question fucking everybody Taco. over bullshit. Over not. Who cares? I want to know about names of the jersey. What do you do about if that? If one more person tells me tradition about that, I am going to burn their car. They, uh, you sure. will burn it. Their car will, will burn be it. I had to Are move, they talking about Lou I had to move houses. I had to move houses last year because I was so afraid that you were going to burn my house for Kyle slander. In the <laughs> it, it, yeah. Don't do it. No, man. It, it's seriously, it's not tradition. I don't What are you talking about? What are you talking about? There is no tradition at Notre Dame that you like all half the traditions you think that are traditions at Notre Dame aren't really traditions. They're just what we just started doing because Lou Holtz you came were, around. When you started paying attention because NBC started broadcasting the games. Yeah. I mean, that, play like, that is play it. like a champion sign is the is the epitome of things that people think are tradition and really just started 35 years ago. I don't know. But the I mean, it's just it's all true. nonsense. Tradition is nonsense. It's a it's a social construct. <laughs> the only thing that's tradition. <laughs> the only thing that's tradition is fucking robbery trophies. And why are not we bringing those to the field? Tell me, Marcus Freeman. Hey, when, when what? I mean, before I, before I popped on, I want to get into this uh, Palooza situation we have going on. Yeah, we don't have to do it right now, oh, but it, it, oh, I want I want to talk about our wonderful it. our wonderful boys. What, what did you? Th- well, before I popped on, what what was the? Uh, what, what were you guys repping up? We we sped through it quite a bit because we just we had to get to today's biggest news, and it was all this. Yeah, yeah. So. We're excited about Cam Williams. Cam Williams knows the game is up. He knows what I do with with Michigan pictures. Lifelong uh, Michigan fan, and, Cam Williams. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And then uh, Jagusa, uh, Jagusa, Jagusa, right? It is a saw. I, I don't, I don't know. Honestly. Nobody knows. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's no one knows. He's so cagey with he the media that we don't know how to pronounce his name. Or uh, I'm surprised you don't call him Jagoff, like you did Jerkovic. He's ours. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, we like him now. Yeah, well, no, we like, like him. Mispronouncing names when, is no excuse for whether or not he is or is not I'm us. Not even um, sure. What is the correct way to pronounce Jerkovic? I don't hey, know. Especially. Especially. Jagasaw, man, he he uh I think he told Tyler James, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna send a tweet and go lift weights. I mean, I, I I was so surprised. I I, I don't know what is time that, he was is supposed that to alpha commit, but right there. It's pretty alpha for a, for, for, a, for an offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, he's the he's the offensive best lineman. offensive lineman Notre Dame signed um, in recent history since Sam Young. I'm just gonna say he's the he's the highest ranked offensive lineman Notre Dame signed since Sam Young. And the fact that people aren't absolutely pumped and psyched that the on three's got him as the number one offensive tackle. Uh, 
this is this is the best this is the best offensive lineman Notre Dame has signed in in a Coons age and people should be super hyped about it and the fact that they aren't just speaks to Marcus Freeman's uh, recruiting efforts thus far because otherwise this would be front page story. I mean, yeah, we, is, said, we, were, we were saying that this this should be like if it wasn't for today's news this is this is more of the yeah of a of a champagne commitment. Other than Greg citing ESPN.com <laughs> recruiting rankings for where he, Greg's like, they got a top 75 off it or top 75 player. It's well, like, the only the one problem, putting with it. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the real problem, right? So there's like, there's too many sites now that, um, that rank. It's like, I don't know. I don't know where people fall on like the composite anymore. Two, four, seven. Right. But, but what I'm saying is like 247 and then now on three, like they have their own and rivals has their own. And, and it's like, obviously ESPN does, but I don't pay any attention to that. <laughs> but like, but like, so it's like, I don't know specifically where he's at. So I always, so what I do, right. Is I know he's not top 50. At least do I don't you? think he was. I, I, I maybe he is. Where is he? Have now? you looked at? Have composite. you looked at on threes? So on threes got him. So, so so you're referencing on three. Like I always. I'm look doing at it jokingly. Two forty seven is mine. Uh, so okay. so mine sort of as the way that I look at, it, like fifteen years ago, the way that I used to do it was whoever had them highest is the one that I would do. Right for sure. Yep. Yep. Um, but now the way that I do it is is I just look at two four seven and composite which has. Him at 55. Right. So 55, right? So I, in my mind, it was 52, but I wasn't totally sure before I sent the tweet. So I was like, I, I don't think he's top 50, but I know he's below or he's above 75. So I'm he's 75. So he's, he's, he's 41 consensus on three on threes has him as number seven and the number one overall tackle. That's good. That's great. Well, how does it, how does an on three have him as a five star? That if he's the number he seven overall nine, pro- he has a five, prospect, he is a five he's, star. Yeah. He's a five star. Yeah, yeah. he's oh. he's a ninety eight. Uh, their consensus is well. Then I got a I got a spreadsheet. I gotta go fix, fellas. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, go fix that because he's he's a five star, the number seven ranked overall player on on three consensus forty one on three. Yeah, he's fifty five on uh, um. 24 seven composite. I don't know if 24 seven factors in on three. I haven't looked on that. I think they do now. Do they now? It, well, okay. Either, either know. they do or on three incorporates two forty seven. On three, on three incorporates twenty four seven. Okay. I'm not right. sure if twenty four seven. But twenty four sevens rankings. Yeah. I don't know if twenty four seven. Yeah. Composite in, in incorporates, but like, He's the number seven, according to uh, on three. I mean, this is uh, 55, 55 is what Quentin Nelson f- finished at. So this is big. It's big new. It's big boys. He's a really uh, good player. I mean, there's no there's 55, no, 50, you know, whatever. He's really good. Right. So. So, I mean, it's the it's hopefully it's receivers weekend coming up. I mean, we yeah, we got skill guys. Uh, we got well, we I got guess corner corners. We got the two corners, yeah. and we have um, 
you know, the Rico, wide receiver Rico, Flores on Sunday. Rico on Sunday, yeah. And then uh, whatever happens on Saturday, the mysterious commit that obviously is going to happen because it can't. <laughs> it could. I mean, look, there is an opening. There's one opening, right? It's like uh, we, we have an opening. You know, whoever jumps first is going to get it. Um, I mean, Listen, like, do you think – I? do you think today's news has any effect on Dante Moore? And do you think that this is a sneaky – way for Michigan to get back involved with Dante Moore. I think Michigan's out for like, this is like a back. This is like a back door. Well, they were out until today. Is this a back? Is I this would back door. Is this a portal? Is this like uh, you, fucking stranger things? So who's the best quarterback that uh, Texas A&M has signed in this NIL era? Uh, the kid that just transferred there. Not, I mean, not, not, not. No, a, I think they picked up someone last year. I want to say, I don't, I don't know who, what his name no. is, but I, I think they, I, I'm, I'm just, I know they picked up someone highly ranked. Okay. They did not, they did Signed? not find in the, in the portal era. Him. No, in the NIL era. Who's the, in who's the, the NIL best? era. So, so let me tell you about the quarterbacks they signed in the 2022 greatest recruiting class of all time. They signed a Corey Wegman from Cypress, Texas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. What was his ranking? Or Connor Wegman. Connor Uh, Wegman, thank you. Yeah. Um, Top 25. Okay. So maybe. Maybe. um, For Dante Moore, maybe. I mean, like. For Texas A&M? Yeah, for Texas A&M. I mean, he, he went there. And in the, that seemed like a place he wanted to go, right? But I mean, so, so let's, I want to focus more on like the Oregon thing. Like, does that seem le- less like Richard Young, Samuel and Pemba, Dante Moore, they're all there together, right? Yeah. Visiting. Like, does, how much does today's news like make them turn a blind eye to Phil Knight? Immeasurably. Any at all? Because it is, it is a quick move. Like this, we're talking the twenty. This is gonna be their their fucking sophomore year. Is gonna be that move. Their freshman year, the Pac-12 was intact. Sophomore year, bye bye USC, UCLA, and who fucking knows what else might happen. Well, they're playing in the Mountain West 2.0. Nobody's watching. Nobody's watching those games. Like if you if if USC's you and I will. Yeah, because we we have nothing to do after dark. Like I'm falling I'm falling asleep watching Pac-12 after dark. But like the Pac-12 already has a problem with um, recruiting players and telling them that anyone on the East Coast is going to watch their games because there is an East Coast bias. And if you're Oregon and you lose the biggest media markets of your your conference. Nobody's watching. Like, who the fuck cares to watch if you play Arizona State at 10 p.m. Eastern time? Nobody cares to stay up and watch that game. Especially as that program implodes. Right? uh, Just last I checked, the the devil is your mascot. So you should should know that, head coach of of Arizona. Yeah, I— it hurts Oregon significantly if they can't. I would think. Just, I would think it's just the weird. Like it's just, there's so much uncertainty now. Like who, who, what, what is like? You don't want to go to like if you're okay. You're a top 
20 quarterback, right? Top five, top 10, whatever. Do you want to know what your place is in the sport? And right now that that you can't, you can't call Oregon's coaches and be like, Hey, what's the deal? Like what, who are we going to play in 2024? You can't because they don't know. Well, you can't even call Oregon's coaches and say, hey, who are my coaches in 2024? Because well, how, many, how many different coaches have they had in the last five years? I mean, that's probably true to some extent at a lot of places, but it's like th- there are certain things like, OK, like Notre Dame. Always yeah, but you, says, yeah right? you can muddy the coaching waters. You can't muddy the schedule waters. Yeah, like that who are we set. playing? Like we're not playing USC. Like who who is even in our conference? Like who? Right. What are we going to do? Watching like, the games. Who's watching, watching the right? games? Like what, how many? Because like, look, does the Pac-12 like do they have to be playing? Like they're going to be terrible time slots. They're going to. I mean, how many of my games are going to be on the Pac-12 network that no one watches or can just, watch? Right. So like, why would I? Why why would I do that? I mean, to me, it it it's a it's a big negative, big negative. I mean, it's because look, it, just like we're talking about with UCLA, like suddenly they can say like, hey, we're going to the Big Ten. You're, we're going to be playing. We're going to be playing Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, right? We're going to be playing, you know, uh, a Michigan State, right? Like these are teams that everybody knows. Greg, That's do you get the Big Ten conference? On Look, your and da- Dante Moore just won this. Yes, won I do. I have MVP Big Ten Network. Yes. I do not have the Pac-12 network. In LA. I don't either. I don't either. That's the thing. YouTube TV gets Big Ten Network. It's ACC Network. Gets gets all the SEC Network. It's all that stuff. Doesn't so, get Pac-12. So UCLA can say, hey, 100% of our games are going to be on television. Right. You can't – you couldn't say that last year. You couldn't say it, right? You couldn't tell a parent, hey, all of your kids if, – if you're recruiting a kid who lives in Texas, you couldn't tell that parent, hey, you can stay at home and watch your kid play football because guess what? You can't – that's not the case. You can't say that. You just couldn't say it, but now they can. And in Oregon, oh, shit, you can't say that. And who are you playing? And I heard some people floating out like, well, the Pac-12 could be viable. They could they could end in Fresno State, San Diego State, Boise State. And, I, and I'm just like, why? What are you doing? What are you building? What are you building if you're building that? Like – Greg, are, are you pumped to see Oregon, San Diego State? Here's here's the other question. Is so these programs, right? Like these collectives and all these people who are getting no return on investment for their money that they're putting yeah. up for NIL, right? Yeah, they're already doing that. But what? But they're no get. They're not getting return on investment for it. But what are they getting? They're getting their teams in marquee games, right? In big games, you're going to win stuff. Well, if you're an Oregon person now who's shelling out millions of dollars, allegedly, for all these players to win what exactly? The Conference of Champions, Greg. Suddenly, suddenly it's like, <laughs> hey, I, what, wait, why am I doing this again? Like, what's the point? Like what? Why? I, I don't. I don't know that I feel like I need to do that now. Like, oh yeah. great, we're gonna win the Pac-12 against two. Pac-10, exactly. Pac-10. Yeah. I was just thinking. I was just thinking about the. I was just thinking about the Big Ten uh, poaching Virginia and North Carolina from the ACC. That'd be pretty epic. 
that would be a that would be a good coup for basketball, especially basketball yeah. and men, yeah. men's lacrosse. Be huge. Men's lacrosse. I was just thinking big. about Mel Tucker. And women's lacrosse too. Signed Dante Moore. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you laugh. You, you know you, laugh. you laugh, but I'm telling you. I don't know if you guys I don't know if you guys listened to Power Hour this week, but um, they were talking to uh, they talked about to Matt uh, Matt Freeman, and I don't I don't remember the context for which it came up, but he was like actually the big winners of this Dante Moore like Notre Dame CJ Carr thing is Michigan because he was like what I think is going to happen is I think Dante Moore is going to go to Oregon and he's not going to like it and then he's going to transfer to Michigan. I would think I mean, that he would transfer a, to Michigan that's State. That's viable. I think he would transfer. Like the Mel Tucker, like we, we laugh about the Mel Tucker thing, but like he Michigan visited. State, he visited. I'm not laughing about it. I Michigan State does have their NIL shit together. And Mel Tucker is, I mean, he resonates with kids. And I mean, if you're going to transfer somewhere, I mean, Michigan State's proved that, hey, you transfer to Michigan State. They figured out this transfer portal thing. I mean, they somehow well, won I mean, 10 after- I'm, right? I'm telling you, after today, I think the whole Dante Moore recruitment is kind of even more up in the air. And look, if he's not, if CJ, if CJ Carr is not going to reclassify, maybe Notre Dame becomes a player. Still, there was an update from Wilfon today where there was nice things said. But regardless, that Michigan State jumps back into the picture. Michigan State, LSU, Texas A&M, you know, maybe Michigan. I just, I, just, I think it's more up in the air. Now, today, obviously, than it has been. And it was pretty fucking up in there <laughs> anyways over the last month. Yeah. It does not sound like, like reading that, it does not sound like he has any intention of committing in the near future. Uh, this might be a February commitment, right? It's very it won't be February. Right? It won't be February because he wants to get on campus, but it'll, it'll be yeah. Uh, yeah. December. I mean, the, the which, latest it'll go, I should say. Which I I have to say as a disclaimer is very much his fucking right to do. Absolutely. Very much his right to do this however he sees fit, no matter if you like it or not or what you think is right or wrong. It is very much his right to not commit right now. He can take his time and do whatever he wants because this is his personal choice. But it's just not – it's not the typical route of a five-star elite style quarterback is what we've seen over the last decade plus, but it is absolutely his right to do it that way. Hey, Greg, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Do you know who USC plays as his opening game in 2024, his first season in the big 10? LSU. LSU. <laughs> hey, look at that. Brian Kelly's going to be playing more big 10 teams. BK. <laughs> the old Vegas classic. I mean, listen, if I, if, if we got together and did a, like a pre, a pregame podcast before the Stanford game and, and June, Josh, now we're July 1st. Oh, happy anniversary to me and my wife, by the way, came back in time to tell you guys, listen, I got a fucking story to tell what's going (laughs) to happen over the next seven months. You would beat me senseless because you thought i was a just you were living in the matrix and i hold was, up you know coming so, get you. so what would be the most ridiculous thing um that you came back in time and said it's june 1st notre dame has the number one ranked recruiting class in 2023 and 2024 that <laughs> brian kelly is the coach of lsu 
that USC and UCLA is in the uh, the Big Ten, what would be the most ridiculous part? Not to mention Lincoln Riley, head coach of, uh, at USC. At USC. What would be the most ridiculous part? Would it be that Notre Dame is the best recruit that Notre Dame is better recruiting than any team in college football on June 1st, July 1st, July 1st for, for both classes. Uh, which, what would be the most ridiculous statement? The BK one, the BK one, because, because, because I think is more ridiculous than BK having the number one. If I, if I sat down and told you guys how it all happened, you wouldn't believe me because, yeah, because well, plus the fact that just, I six hours, wandered into six hours before it happened, we were all like six hours before it happened. We were all like, oh, this is bullshit. Ha ha ha. I published an article 30 seconds before the news broke 30 <laughs> seconds that said Brian Kelly is not going to LSU 30 <laughs> seconds before the news broke. That's the anti uh, Notre Dame doesn't need Dante more. So like the complete, <laughs> like the 180 of that. Um, yeah, yeah, because because the, because the because Marcus Freeman, like what he had already done things on the trail that you, if you told me like yeah Notre Dame has a number one, like I I could I could buy that yeah because they were already too. doing things and like the like conference realignment stuff and like that's and already it's still a ways of signing day because right, still like that's, signing day. that's because already I was happened. sitting I was sitting down talking with some somebody who was talking up Chad Bowden and, and the job that he was doing. When we were out there for the USC game, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I really do believe that I could have, I could have believed the number one thing. That the BK thing was the, no, the Brian no Kelly way. thing was just like just no I had ex- like when I explained it to my father, we walked out of the Bob Dylan concert. He's like, "What?" I'm like, "I, I don't know. I'm I'm re- I'm just reading Twitter." <laughs> 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 like just like I turned off my phone for an hour and a half, and you all you all we all lost our football coach. Like just unbelievable. <laughs> like dad this is really happening yeah it is i it just is love truly how like the, like the recruiting piece though it is truly like kind of crazy like we me and jamie did a a, a preview show where it was like i think we we picked notre dame to land like 95 percent of the players that we were like talking about yeah yeah oh, I, I included that in one of my stories yeah, just it, it's like it, I can't go, like we go ahead this week alone. Just consider the 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 five day stretch that it is seems impossible that you would just be like, oh, yeah, Notre Dame's going to sign, you know, X amount of top 100 players in a five day stretch. Yeah, that that happens. <laughs> and it's like and it's and, and not just that, but we we already had like we've had like a number of stretches like this where it's like, I feel like there was a stretch there. Like, I don't know, like a month ago where it was like, yeah, you know, we landed, uh, we, we, oh, like, oh yeah, Braylon James. Yeah. He's definitely coming. Yeah. That, that's, that's going to happen. That's right? gonna and, happen. Then, and then you land all the linemen and then you had land Jaden Lamar and, and, uh, it's like, oh yeah, we're going to land, um, the, the, the Brennan Vernon and we're going to land the, the Devin Houston. It's like, the only one that we were off about was Dante Moore. Yeah, Dante Moore, it. who was supposed to be a lock. And then yeah. Brendan was off when I kept mentioning CJ yeah, Carr. CJ Carr. And Brendan's like throwing things. He's like, 
That's never going to happen, Josh. That's never going to happen. Look, Brennan needs to eat like multiple articles I have two hats of clothing at this up. point. Yeah, like he, he needs to eat Me two hats. Me and uh, I saw somebody else was going to eat a hat Spencer today. Hall, Spencer, Spencer Hall is going to eat a hat. Yeah. yeah, well, he has to eat he, it too. He Googled he edible like, hats. Yeah, he had to Google edible hats. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just everything about Notre Dame's recruiting just a year ago, like – Everything about this this entire class and the way that it's breaking out. I mean, BK leaving seems ridiculous, but like if we had discussed it, we're not even talking about Notre Dame finishing with a top five class at this point. It, that is That feels like a foregone conclusion. We're talking about the top overall class at this point, right? I mean, that, that I'm one still eyeballing a like, top three. Yeah, like the top overall is like. But 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 when you you're talking really top three, to, but we are talking about the top overall class, right? What we're talking about is we're talking about getting over like 300 points in uh, talking about your body deposit, clock, which is right. like that to me is like getting over 300 is like that. Let me hear your body clock. On, it just kind of depends on the year, right? But like they, what year are we talking about? Right. Like right, you right, get right. over 300 points, you are. You are bringing almost in a shoe in for a top three. Yeah. So, yeah, like that is. But there is a world where Impemba does come Let's to Notre Dame and Jeremiah, Jeremiah physical. Love comes to Notre Dame. And then we and, and let's say Dante Moore does come to Notre Dame. We are talking about a possible world where the number one class is, is there. Uh, you if you add those three, if you would if let's just say for argument's sake and for uh, for the sake of masturbation. Yeah, Dante Moore, Samuel and Pemba, and Jeremiah, Jeremiah Love. Love. Like, you know what? We're 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 in fantasy world. So for, well, sub no, out Dante Jeremiah Moore Love. for Don, sub out Dante Moore for Caleb Downs. No, 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 no Caleb no, no. Downs is, is Caleb Downs is is a foregone <laughs> conclusion. Dante Moore, Samuel and Pemba. How about this? No, no, no. I got three one guys for you. that visited Oregon together. I got I got one for you. All right, all right. Let's let, let's say let's say. Richard, who who are we talking about? Samuel and Pemba. Yeah, and Pemba love love because I didn't I didn't want to reach for for Richard Young. I didn't want to I didn't want to do I didn't want to do that. I, didn't I think if Pemba's more of a reach than Young, but that's my own personal opinion. Well, I didn't want to say love and Young. Well, let's say, let's say that. love. Let's say love and Pemba, and let's add one more. Who do you who do you want? I mean Downs. Uh, let's just put Downs. I okay. I, let's say I was downs. on Hit and Hustle. I was on Hit and Hustle. Downs that's is right. already. All you need is Downs is already. He's already in the class. Let's say Downs then, and then you guys, the the CJ Carr reclassification could happen. He gets yeah, added to the class. He gets added to the class, boys. That's number one. That's number one. But that's the the point is. I guess the point is is. We're not talking about like flirting with a top five class. We're talking about flirting with a number one, the possible number, one. number three. Yeah. There's a big Which, difference between the number three ranked class and the number seventh ranked class. It's fucking huge. Cavernous. Cavernous distance. Big, yes, it is very and, big. And, We're and that, like three that, or four that or is, five star players. Like Brian Kelly leaving like is ridiculous, was ridiculous. But Notre Dame competing at the recruiting level that they're at now didn't seem like it was some under Brian. No, it didn't seem under Brian Kelly. It was not a possibility. No, he fucking barely. He was barely cra- getting inside the top ten. 
Right. I published that list of Notre Dame over the last 21 years. And and, and that's what my they were point getting. Their like, class rank, the top 100, machine, five stars. It's not a good look. It really isn't time a good machine, look. The time machine thing is just like the top class discussion, I think, is the more ridiculous one to get in the weeds with because it's like, well, no, Brian Kelly was here for 10 years. Recruiting at this level, we were told, wasn't possible. We were told that recruiting like this was not possible. And like the, the way Marcus Freeman has, has gone about business is like, I, I guess it is. Right. Well, and I think I there, think, so I think the difference is that like Notre Dame has been, you know, ranked this high before at this time. The difference is, year. is that we couldn't come up with four or five players that would then sustain continue. It? Yeah. Sustain it. Right. Like, cause you could, cause it's like, okay, these are all our top guys. Now it's like, we have well, yeah. to hang on to everyone. Plus, we have to fill out the class. With a like month ago, Texas Tech. A month ago, Texas Tech was number two, right? Yeah, right. So, I mean, something similar to that. It's just like usually Notre Dame's bullets are all used up at this point. Whereas, like now, it's there are still like there's you know Jaden Greathouse and there's Jeremiah Love and there's Ronan Hannafin and there's right. you know like guys we've been just talking about, right? Like realistic targets. You know, and well, and that's the difference. Well, well, like Notre Dame would be number one, and then Ohio State would sign three five-star wide receivers, and Texas would make a run on recruits, and then Notre Dame would start to slip, right. and, and they wouldn't get back. a Jaggy Saw, and they wouldn't get a Christian Gray, and they wouldn't get a Michael Bell, and they wouldn't get a Rico Flores to sort of like counterpunch what these other programs are doing. Right. And uh, yeah, I just I just think the way that Notre Dame is recruiting now at this level, we don't really understand how ridiculous it is compared to, you know, previous decade. It, it, it basically has been a decade since we've recruited at this level, right? Um, uh, yeah, and even I mean, even then, even Weiss's best classes had massive problems with, you know, big misses up top. You're playing, you know, instead of a plan B guy, it was a plan D guy. And not only that, but like putting your roster together, um, it just, it, um, it wasn't a, it wasn't well, a priority he, Weiss with built Weiss. His rosters, Weiss built his rosters outside in, and Freeman seemingly is building his rosters uh, inside out, but the outs still pretty good. Uh, if this weekend yeah. holds true, I mean, it just holes were not filled with, with big boy. The, 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 he just left giant holes in there. Um, and you know, look, we hate Brian. We all want to hate on Brian Kelly and I'm not the only one that said this, but there is a lot to be thankful for with Brian Kelly, where at least there was stability brought to the program in yes. many different ways. One of them was the roster and, you know, Yes, we are feeling a little bit of a burn right now with wide receivers. We get that. But overall, throughout Brian Kelly's time, there hasn't been a massive void positionally throughout that time. He which is which was seemed foreign during the Davy Willingham Weiss years where there was just these massive gaps where like you are playing two stars, uh, <laughs> you know, 
you know, regularly, these guys are becoming starters, which isn't a development thing. It was like, this is all we got thing. Uh, that was not happening. 2007 offensive line. The, I guess, well, I mean, the 2000, what? The defensive line deficiencies were there, you know, mid uh, mid teens, right? Yeah, it's the all. It was all bad. Was, the 2015 uh, defensive line by the end of the season they were starting. What were they starting in that Fiesta Bowl? Yeah, I mean, and they go back and look at Weiss's best classes, and then just go down the list and be like, oh. Like this, this was what the best class of the, what the second best class of the country was. It's like, oh, like not a lot panned out out of those classes. Like not a lot. So it's, you know, and look, maybe not a lot panned out for, for this class that Marcus Freeman has. Obviously we have all the hope in the world as most fans would. Uh, but, you know, we've seen a lot more guys pan. We saw a lot more guys pan out during the Brian Kelly era, even as we're bitching about, you know, a 13 recruiting ranking or, or whatever, or whatever. Some of those guys are playing out the earned five-star, you know, yeah. is a, was a real thing with, you know, guys coming in, playing above, playing above their ranking throughout their career. So. I mean, what I, this what I would say, this is what I would say about BK too, is if you look back on it, he, he, he did the thing that he was hired to do because he, of course, he everyone wants to win national championship, like of course, right? But he didn't win a national title at Cincinnati, obviously. He didn't win a national title at what was it? Which Michigan was he at? Uh, he was at Central Michigan. Central Michigan. Uh, like he didn't win there. Yeah, like he won at all Michigan directional schools. <laughs> he was he, he was there the same. He was the head coach when I was at school at Central. There you go. Right. So it, it, you know, obviously he won national titles at Grand Valley State, but that took a very long time. Right. Like it took him a long time to build up to that. And certainly I don't think he did it through recruiting, you know, and no, he came in and he came in and he, he is he was not a national title winning coach. He was a program builder. Right. And look, whatever you want to say about Brian Kelly, he built the program and the program is in a in a healthy spot. Right. It, it, Marcus Freeman can't do what he's doing if Brian Kelly hasn't done what he's done the last five years. That's just in my opinion, that's just a fact. I, I think that we I think that we undersell how good Marcus Freeman is at reaching young people. And and I and I and I think we we, we, we look at all the recruiting through the lens of. This is what BK wouldn't do. He wouldn't do this, right? And and to me, it's like, look, there were a lot of things that he didn't do, and, and he had a he had a, a a way of recruiting and that sort of thing that that obviously created a ceiling for himself, right? But I do think that Marcus Freeman is special when it comes to reaching players and. And I don't think that if BK was as engaged as we would want it as all those other things, I don't think they would have reached his heights because he is not the person that Marcus Freeman is. And I think that's to Marcus Freeman's credit more so than it is to BK's detriment. Right. And I and I I hear that a lot and I, and I see it a lot and I read it a lot where everyone kind of is like it's so different from BK. And I think people use the recruiting um, that Notre Dame is doing now 
to denigrate BK when it's like, no, I think Notre Dame just happened upon someone who's like really special and good at this. And, and that is the thing that I, I is, has been not even like a pleasant surprise, just like, you know, this guy, he's going to be a dynamic recruiter, right? And that's what everyone talks about. But I don't know that anyone thought it was going to be like this. And and I said it on Hit and Hustle, you know, I don't know. I guess it was last week or one last of our week, shows. Yeah. Like, man, you better get to Notre Dame in 2023 because it's they're going to build something and they are on the way to build. I mean, look at the 20. 24 class like look at what they can build in the 24 class you just go down the target list and what who they're after and they're already working on it and And they got an alpha dog who's also actively recruiting in tandem with marcus freeman which can't be understated exactly and and so you better get to them in 23 because in 24 25 it's it's gonna get to the point where it doesn't Whatever weaknesses he has, it's they're going to get just mitigated by the fact that they're just bringing out dudes all over the place, and, and it's going to be very fun to watch. So um, I'm s- super excited to you know be a part of that and cover that and everything. It's going to be great. All right, well, they're they're not going to have a, a shortage of competition that they're going to be able to showcase against either in 24 and 25 by the way no no i mean it's like it's like you know bk right won all these games against unranked teams and all that stuff right but a lot of those games are like virginia you know in 2019 where it's like 35 20 you know made some defensive plays and you had a bunch of program wins right like they they figured out how to win games there's going to be some like you know, Ohio state type scores where it's like, Oh yeah. Like we just, Notre Dame came out and it was like, it was 35, nothing in the first, you know, quarter and a half. This <laughs> is like, it's, it's going to be completely different in my opinion. All right. Let's start to, let's wrap this up. And, uh, I mean, I could talk another couple hours, but I don't think Jude's going to survive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, I ran an election this week. Oh, so you're fresh. You're fresh. I'm, I'm great. So yeah, totally alive. Well, Jude, what do you got left of the tank, Chief? I just want to give a special shout out to uh, four former Notre Dame players: Jackie Young, Jewel Lloyd, Skylar Diggins, Skip, Skylar Diggins Smith, and Arike Ungubowale for getting named to the NBA All Star teams which will be played in Chicago uh, right around the time that uh, Brendan will totally not be there. I will not be there. <laughs> uh, my house will be defended with guns. <laughs> Just like Greg's was. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of guns, right? <laughs> so many. <laughs> All right, Brendan, what do you got left of the tank, Chief? Uh, whew. man, my, uh, my yard's looking rough. Uh, I've ran the sprinklers. I ran it three times yesterday. I just kept turning my sprinklers on my sprinkler system on, and I can't get it to not, uh, be, be a, a beautiful shade of yellow in select spots. Uh, it is rough. And, uh, I definitely know how the PAC 12 feels because 
no matter how much I try and water it, it just won't uh, won't won't <laughs> won't respond, and it ran away from me. So uh, for all of you who are fighting this drought that uh, that we're in, uh, I'm right there with you. And Greg, all the way out there in Big Ten country. Um, I'm just going to give a plug um, to our give many. Hit and Hustle show. Give many. Yeah, yeah, a plug on our Hit and Hustle show from irishbarsdaily.com uh, on YouTube. I, while we were chatting here, I just uh, I just made a plan with Drake Bowen. I'm going to I'm going to interview him tomorrow. Um, I guess this will be post uh, post Micah Bell um, making his announcement. So maybe we'll talk about that. And I'm going to talk to Drake about um you know, kind of being a, a leader on the uh, Notre Dame 2023 recruiting class, um, you know, being a two sport athlete, how he, you know, how he got in athletics when he knew he was going to be a, uh, you know, a top flight division one athlete. So it'll be a fun conversation, hopefully. And um, I suggest everyone tunes in taco versus burrito. I will ask him yeah. taco versus burrito. Yeah. Yeah. It will, we'll, we'll be judging. Okay. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Indiana boy says. <laughs> I, I can tell you right now, he's going to say there's, burrito. There's only one right answer, so. Yeah, there the is only one right answer. Is, is taco because the answer is the definitely crush. taco. <laughs> it is fucking it is burrito. It will be until the end of time. I do. I said a it, there's dissension among the pod, and it sounds like it's uh, two to two to two one. So Drake well, Bowen. That's can, why I, that, that's why I, fucking, that's why I brought in a ringer, league. but I had to set my ringer straight. <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna talking about hell, one burrito is more un, more unhealthy than three tacos. Get the fuck out of Dodge. Um, four, uh, eight, four. Just if it wasn't for conference relay, I'm a, my head would have exploded because <laughs> that burrito take was just out there. All right. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't have uh, I don't have a whole lot of uh, I'm going to be out on vacation. Um, so if you do come to my empty house, prepare to die because uh, <laughs> I will have landmines, claymores, like the whole fucking nine. Uh, but I'll be up in Holland, Saugatuck area. I'll be I'll be the guy wearing the the all the home field gear that, uh, that doesn't make sense. Like, why is that guy wearing a Washington State shirt uh, out on the boat? That's me. Uh, but. <laughs> that's it's going to be a fun time because you got all these fucking commitments. So I'm going to have to like whip out the laptop. I still don't have articles written. Um, cause I've been procrastinating like a mug. Uh, but look, we're going to have a, it's going to be a good week, solid week of Notre Dame news. Um, uh, even without all this, this conference stuff. Uh, if you're listening to the pod that you already know that, that Philip Goff has been going through his beat on the beat. Uh, we got three episodes out. We got Priester, we got O'Malley, we got Ashton. So make sure you're listening to those episodes. Uh, I think up next is going to be Tyler James, James yeah. I, I believe. Um, so those are good. People are loving those. That's that's good. That's good fun stuff. Find out find out who the hell is writing all the Notre Dame stories uh, that you're reading. Um, other than that. I got nothing, man. We're just we're gonna keep trucking along this off season. Hopefully, the athletic doesn't ruin college football, even though they try. Uh, and we will. It's it's July. It is July first. It is my anniversary. Uh, oh, we are about, uh, um, 
Congrats to Dexter Williams. He got signed by the USFL's Philadelphia Stars today. Ah. Jude always with a nugget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> always with a always with a nug. Uh, so that's it. Yeah, unless you got you got another one to throw out, Jude. I I just I was I knew there was something you know, else that I looked for and I found it. So now I'm good. You know the status of Will Yeatman? <laughs> Yeet. <laughs> All right, for everybody here, for everybody over one foot down. Thanks for listening, and as always, go Irish. <laughs>